Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right. Welcome to Free. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast, Episode Nine. Heli rules. Heli's rule. I'm Steve. Kevin's here. Hey guys. And we have a returning guest host, Anthony Garcia. Hey, what's up, guys? And first time on the show, Chris Ryber. What's going on, guys? Thank you both and our listeners for taking the time to join us. Chris, why don't you tell us some stuff about yourself for our listeners that might not know you? All right. Hey, guys. As Steve mentioned, my name is Chris Ryber. Um, for those of you who really don't know me well off the forums, I've been really blessed to be in this hobby now for close to 29 years, 28 and a half, 29 years. Um, starting in the very early 80s, my father um, got me into model rockets and control line airplanes. And around 1986, for my sixth birthday, my, uh, my grandfather got me my first Nitro RC trainer. And he used to take me to the RC fields with him almost every weekend. And being an eager six-year-old, he always yelled at me for asking. But, I mean, I asked every question <laughs> in the book, soaked it all up like a sponge. And about a year later, um, I solo got my certificate at the field. Um, and I've been flying ever since. I mean, it's in my blood. It's been a major part of my life, and it's it's just my passion. You know, just not my hobby. It's, it's my passion. Nice. Um, growing up, I used to design free flight planes, control lines. I used to make my own trainers, um, foamies, all that good stuff. And then I grew up in Syracuse, New York. And then um, I think it was 19, 19, late 1990s, we moved out to Rochester. And that's when I first met Ray Stacy. He was at our local club. He actually flew in a club called, I think it was Arches, which is a helicopter-based club, but he also belonged to the Rams, which is our Rochester uh, Aero Modeling Society. I hooked up with Ray. Kyle Stacy at the time was still a baby. Um, and I hooked up with Ray. I traded him a Nitro boat for my first helicopter, and I've been hooked ever since. Not the hardest hardcore 3D pilot. Um, I enjoy the smooth, big air 3D. Um, when I go to air shows and fly with Kyle, it's hard to follow a flight routine. If he's out there smacking the hell out of these helicopters, I get up there and I look like a little trainer helicopter. So I appreciate, <laughs> you know, the the big air, the smooth smack type flying. And and I like flying with Kyle. I mean, he's my buddy. I've watched him grow up since he's like three years old. And wow. we fly weekends. We fly during the week if we have time after work. And he just pushes me to be a better pilot and take me out of my comfort zone. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Freaking crazy, man. Yeah, when you got, you know, like I've, I've been telling Anthony for the past few months, when you fly with people that push you to fly harder, you're going to advance. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Kyle, I'd still be doing the same damn thing every time I go out to the field. So like you like you guys are doing on a podcast and at the field weekly, you, you find that group of people, you stick with it, and you just grow together yeah. in, in the hobby. For that's sure, where, that's where That's where it's at. Yeah, totally. Um, so you write for a heli magazine? Yes, I write for uh, RC Heli Pilot Magazine, and then sometimes I'll do some articles in Fly RC Magazine, and then um, RC Multirotor Pilot. Oh, cool. I've been doing reviews for about three, four years, and when I first started doing my reviews, I was posting them on you know, Heli Freak Run Rider, mm-hmm. and at the time, the forum Nazis just kept kicking me off. They thought I was spamming the site or working for these companies, when really, I was doing these builds and, and reviews out of the kindness of my heart to share you know, my experiences with other people. So I started getting banned off the sites for six months at a time. So I had a bunch oh, of these man. reviews typed up, and I, I got hooked up with the original editor of RC Heli Pilot Magazine and said, hey, you know, I'm having a struggle here trying to share my experiences. 
do you mind if I do some articles for you? And I started writing for the magazine a few years ago. And around the same time is when I um, started my helicopter Facebook page. And then right after that, I started my web page. It's, it's, that's my way to where I can you know, meet and talk to you guys on a personal level. Don't have to worry about being kicked off for, for what I want to say or what I want to do. Um, and it's my way of giving back. I see so many people, you know, buy these little $20 mall kiosk helicopters and it, that can go two ways. Either people are going to hate it and say, all right, RC sucks. These things can't fly. Or people are going to be pushed to fly harder and, and they want to, you know, grow in a hobby. So I feel it's my job as an ambassador to give mm-hmm. back, help people where I can. And, and that's how I actually met Anthony. It was what, Anthony, about a year ago, he started hitting me up on my Facebook page, asking me questions about the goblin and the oxy and, now we talk about we talk most what every day, Anthony. I think. Yeah, pretty much. Nice, nice, dude. Yeah, that's, that's how awesome. I started the mall kiosk, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Little twenty dollar heli. It's a good gateway drug. I mean, like I said, fifty fifty is either going to get you hooked to where you want to grow, or you're going to say, "Screw this, I'm out. I'm going back to Xbox." Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that. My Xbox got a thick layer of dust on it right now. <laughs> oh man, mine too. <laughs> and I just bought an Xbox One like maybe about six months ago, and I I basically don't play it at all anymore. See, I don't have any of that stuff, man. <laughs> I had a, I had Atari growing up. Yes, <laughs> I had Intellivision. Yeah, yeah, I had a Commodore sixty four. I remember that. That was it. And then we had Pretendo. I don't even have Nintendo. Pretendo. Yeah. <laughs> what is Pretendo? <laughs> that was just we we didn't have enough. We didn't have anything else. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Now we're just aging ourselves here. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh man. So, um, Chris, I wanted to ask you something about the the forums getting kicked off. I don't understand that. Why wouldn't forums want your input? That's a good question. And it, and it wasn't Mark Ryder, and it wasn't you know Will James from Heli Freak. It was they had some gung ho moderators that just have it out for everybody. And apparently, hate the hobby. Right. And it's at the time when I was uh working close with RC Aerodyne. So I was doing a lot of scale builds and people, I mean, my followers were loving it. They were asking me questions about building and flying techniques. They loved it. But these moderators, for some reason, they had it out for me and they kept reporting me. It got to a point where I had to private message Will and Mark personally to get back on the sites. And then just to keep my reviews going, I couldn't put prices or links to the websites. I could just do you know kind of like a bland review about the model. So I don't know. I, I wasn't getting paid from it. I make no money out of the hobby. I do it to help you guys, and it was it was a struggle for almost a good year. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm walking away from from the forums, and I just did my own thing. I think that was the main reason I stopped lurking on on Heli Freak and joined up was to get access to the build videos that they had. They had a guy that would build a couple of four fifties and different kinds of four fifties back when I was you know a couple of years ago when that's all I all I knew. And I understand there's there's moderators are needed to be because for every yeah. ten good people there's twenty trolls out there. Yeah. So I understand there's a reason for it, but they just got too gung ho and kind of turned me away from not turned me away from the hobby. But I had to leave for a while, and a lot of people were wondering where I went. Right. Mm. Wow. Uh, so let's let's talk about your sponsors. I know you kind of went into you before. So let's uh, who are you sponsored by nowadays? Well, for the, for, for the past few years, and I'm going into 2016, um, I'm still with Scorpion Power Systems, all their motors, and you know, now I've got their little USB um, portable charger, which I'm, I'm doing a review on this month. Oh, I saw that. That looked too cool. Yeah. 
I'm using I'm using it right now. So I'm using an old 3S pack that can't fly a helicopter mm-hmm. anymore. But um, mm-hmm. you, you plug it anything from a 2S up to a 6S pack through the balance lead, and it will charge any USB device. So right now I'm charging my iPhone while we talk. So that's awesome. Scorpion, Scorpion's always doing cool stuff like that. Um, that is, that's cool. Yeah. S- still flying for Pulse batteries. Um, Castle Creations, I've been flying their ESCs and BECs for close to seven, eight years now. Um, MKS servos, I've been flying them in all my scale and 3D helicopters for close to almost three years now. Um, Mikado V-Control Radio, I started flying those about a year ago. Canamod Canopies and then the Ninja Wraps. Joe and Joe and Travis who do all the cool you know, transmitter wraps and pilot yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, I just hit them up uh, last night trying to uh, get on the list for uh, a Ninja Wrap for the V-Control and pilot stickers and basically kind of like the whole thing that Anthony showed me the other day. Just, you know, all these cool stickers and stuff for the helis. So you're sponsored by Scorpion and Castle. Now, Scorpions make ESCs. Is there any conflict with that? Like, how does that work? It's not really double-edged sword. It's They're both understandable because Castle also does motors. So right. mm-hmm. I'm kind of – I love them both. I use them both in all my helicopters, scale and 3D. So it works both ways. With Scorpion, I just use the motor side of it. And with Castle, I just use the ESC, BSC side of it. So it, it works out, and they're, 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 they're okay with it. Okay, so you run Castle BACs too, huh? Cool. Yep. Uh, so, what do you normally fly on your, your like your daily flyers? <laughs> Which day of the week is it? It's, <laughs> it, it? it's tough. Being being that I love doing the reviews, and now I have two children and a full time job. I don't have unlimited money anymore when I have right. baby formula and food and groceries. So for Diapers. me, yeah, I tend to recycle my my hobby. So so the wife isn't mad when new boxes show up weekly. Um, I tend to review stuff, play with it for a few months, sell it, try the next latest and greatest thing. But right now my current fleet, um, I've got both the uh, uh, SAB Goblins uh, 570 and the three, uh, 380 Kyle Stacy editions. Um, those are my two SABs right now. I've got my Oxy 3 Cube. Um, I just got done reviewing the Audacity Pantera P6E Hellcat, which is a used to be a nitro helicopter. Now it's kind of converted to electric with a four-bladed head. Oh, um cool. I've got the Scorpion Sky Strider FPV racer I built last year. Haven't flown it much. Um, Kyle and I are waiting until spring and get. Hopefully, he's trying to get me into that pretty much big at the field. And then a couple airplanes. I did have my FT Bloody Wonder that survived two seasons of combat and it finally nice. died last year during the combat. Lost its aileron and then that's destroyed. Um, nice. And then my other my other daily plane flyer, which I love flying. Hopefully, it's going to find a home with Anthony come spring. Yes, the, the, the park zone super cub and that thing is fun as hell to fly super cub that's the red one right yes okay yeah and and you know, i mean i've got the i actually have my my uh mikado v control neo in it with v plane so bank one it's flying self-level gyros and you go to bank three full rates no expo and i can do rolling circles loops i mean it's it's a plane that can cater to all aspects of, of flying which is nice Nice. Oh, Anthony, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. Um, so what's your favorite heli of all time? <sighs> <laughs> Out of the hundreds, that's tough. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you've read any of my bios out there, I have a big heart for the 300 class. I can't pick one favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I had to choose one right now, going off the 300 size, it's the Oxy. Reason for that, single pack. 
mm-hmm. cheap to buy, cheap to charge. You can basically, I went to the field yesterday. I have a range bag that used to hold my pistols. Okay. I literally, in this bag, I threw my charger, my transmitter, nine batteries, the oxy, and I threw it right in the seat of my car. I All can, right. if I, if I have the itch real quick, I can walk out, fly in my front yard. You know, I don't have to worry about being too big for a park. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they all have their pros and cons, but the 300 class, I mean, you can take it anywhere inside the gym. I'm not worried about flying it for indoor flying. Okay. So I'd, I'd have to say the 300 class, and if I had to choose one, it's it's the Oxy. You can't go wrong. I was lucky enough to be on a beta testing team before the Oxy hit the market. So I had okay. that bird for a good six months. I beat on it, went back and forth with Luca of what changes need to be made. And then when they went with production, they sent me another one so I could do the production review. It's just been a strong heli. I'm on my third one now, and I'm on the pre-order. Well, I'm on the next pre-order for the Trek edition, so I can try one stretched. Nice. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, I think I want to get that uh, Trek edition, too, for sure. And, and boys, keep your eyes peeled, because there might be another Axie coming soon. Yeah, so you got any inside news on that? That's huh? what I've heard. <laughs> Not yet, but I might soon. Yeah. Awesome, I've been hearing, man. you know, around the water cooler that, you know, it might it's like, on the final stages, you know, so hopefully, final stages of development, so hopefully, you know, we'll see something come springtime. I don't think Lucas sleeps. He's all about his customers mm-hmm. and giving back, and the guy, does. you saw the one video where he was testing the Oxy-4. Mm-hmm. For us, it was Christmas Day. He's over there in Italy testing, so wow. it, it shows the dedication he's got for his customers. That's awesome. Now, what's that going to yeah. be, like, uh, 315 size or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of going back to the traditional old 450 size. Um, right now, we are talking the other day, and it's going to come out 315 to 325, and then he's going to offer in a stretch kit up to, I think, 350. So it's going to be a little bit smaller than the Warp and the 380, but wow. it's, it's going to be that little niche size that no one's really done because everybody's going 300 or they jump up to the 360 or 380. So it'll kind of be another right. in-between to play with. 3S, 4S, or 6S? Uh, that's, that's that's more like in the line of uh, the mini protos, right? Yes, the mini yeah. protos was like the the well, three twenty five, right? Yeah, three twenty five yeah. stretch yeah. to three fifty. I mean, if it's any indication of how great the oxy three is, that's going to be an amazing heli too. Yeah, which goes to show you, you know, I, I don't know a lot about helis, but uh, it seems like everybody has one of these oxys, and they're holding up really well. What's nice about Luca, he did it the right way. He just didn't jump in and say, all right, guys, I'm making a helicopter today. Um, if you look at the history of links, he's been doing it, man, close, I think, back to 2009. For for guys who have been in the hobby, he was making upgrades for years, you know, gyro trays, elevator arms. And it took almost a decade till he's like, okay, I'm making a parts for all these other helicopters. I can do my own thing. And he put a couple years of research in before he even came out with the first beta model and it was funny for for almost six months he was going back and forth with me for the name and he had a name picked out and it didn't work out for the website he wanted and then he finally chose oxy his son actually picked it out oxy for oxygen fluent and uh so he's he did it right he he put a ton of research just the name itself he put so much research in before he dove in and said all right here's here's a product yeah and it shows because it's amazing yeah and what's funny is, is you know, you, you see how good a bird is by how quick it goes up on a forum. And unfortunately, I'm the first one that had it, and I'm the first one to post it on the, on the forum for sale. Not because I didn't like it. I was having fun. I completely demolished it, so I was just selling off the spare parts. But, uh, I mean, you rarely see them go up for sale, which is which is really nice. That means people are holding on to them and they're enjoying them. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. That is true. The best part I like about it is, 
it's very crash friendly, meaning crash friendly to your pockets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think my worst crash was about a hundred bucks, and that's including um, a three bladed head, uh, three bladed uh, replacement. So, yeah, wow. it's not bad. All right, uh, let's let's move on to the next section. How you guys been, and uh, what you guys been up to in the hobby? Uh, Kevin, let's start with you. Yeah, man, went to uh, the swap meet last weekend. Adam swap meet, and uh, it's uh, we've been to it before. It's mm-hmm. kind of like like half a gymnasium size room, and they they have a little auction, they have a little swap. And I met um I met a dude that I met up at the neat fair a couple years ago. He had uh we were we were all hanging around the the flight test tent, and uh, he had built a bloody wonder. And he had a minwaxed, and it re- he re- did a fantastic job on the minwax. It was completely white. I was like, "Yeah, you minwaxed it and painted it, right?" And he was like, "No, it's just minwax." It was a really good job, man. And he had nice. LEDs in it. Really cool dude. And uh, yeah, I see him every now and then. I think I've seen him at Ram, and I saw him last year at the swap meet. And he was like, "Hey, man, I've been listening to the show, you know, and I'm really enjoying it." So I was like, "Oh, dude, thanks." You know, it was pretty cool to to run into a listener and. You know, get us get some feedback. So that was cool. Nice, nice. And then I cut out, um, I cut out plans for that Corsair. I want to do the forty-eight inch Corsair out of foam board, out of Dollar Tree foam. So I cut out that the uh, the other night. I was just, I don't know, man. When sometimes I'm at work and I'm like, you know what? I need a little therapy tonight. It's been a rough day. All you want to do is go home and like. I know Kevin Matusik has his has his you know therapy with his cnc machine but for me it was i I really can't wait to get home and just print out plans lay them out cut them out and just relax watch a little tv as i'm doing it you know so i did that uh, monday night and uh can't wait to start building that that should be cool yeah nice you gonna paint it up no i think i'm gonna go the the tape route oh okay on that i might actually build two i might do one in blue and one in black Nice. We'll, we'll see what that looks like. So then I'll bind it and uh, we'll we'll fly it. <laughs> yeah, man. You build, I'll bind and fly. <laughs> well, yeah. He he'll build, you bind, I fly. Uh, I yeah, buddy box here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. So what have you been up to, Steve? So yeah, I went today. Adam swapped me with you, um, and and our friend Jeff, uh, and we flew on Saturday afternoon um, with the guys. The swap meet's kind of cool. It's uh, I don't know. I kind of go there, and it's like the 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 tone of the swap meet to me is kind of like the traditional quote unquote air quotes now uh, planker type of folks there. Kind of like don't want to budge on a price, and I mean oh. it was insane that that the guy wanted to sell you that high tech weekender for the same price you buy brand new. That's right. I forgot about that. I wanted used. to mention that. Yeah. And yeah, it was used. Had no receiver and he and he still wanted one hundred and fifty dollars for it. Yeah. Well, and I, I said, "Well, I'll give you a hundred bucks," and he was like, "No, I can only take like one twenty-five or something." Yeah, one twenty-five. He said, "Yeah," and you know, it's like, okay, then I guess you don't really want to sell it because you know you're at swap me. Like, you know, you should be able to haggle prices and kind of negotiate because you know a lot of people had on their tables like need to sell everything. I'm not taking any of this stuff home, you know. But then they won't budge on the price. What is that, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a great time flying with you guys on uh, Saturday. Got to fly Anthony's Oxy Three Plus, his stretch with his V control. So you know. Yeah, you went through all the hellies. You flew his. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, uh, absolutely your Oxy Three Plus cube. Yeah. 
So that was pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, with Anthony's, I, you know, I'm like, I was flying mine first, and I was just like, oh man, I really want to try these half puros, but I'm kind of nervous. Like, you know, it's like the first pack or second pack flying. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just fall. And Anthony's like, dude, fly mine. Bro, just fly it. I don't care. I don't care if you crash, you know. And I got bailout, so fly it. I'm like, kind of hesitant, but I was like, all right, let me give it a shot, you know. <laughs> I, I normally don't like to fly someone else's heli just because I don't want to crash it, and I feel kind of, you know, not part, partly responsible to, you know, at least help out the parts and stuff on a repair. But um, but yeah, I uh, I were I was doing really ugly, kind of all over the place, you know, half pure flips with it. Um, even when it got kind of hairy and when I kind of shot to the left a little during the from the inverted back up to upright, um, I didn't even hit bailout. I just kind of flew it, and yeah, I was pretty I was pretty stoked about that. I mean, I know Kevin. At the end, went to Kevin. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited! I can't believe I did that!" And he's like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> you're really excited." Yeah, um, and I was like, the first one you tried, you were like, uh, "I I almost did it. I I didn't do something. It looked like all you had to bring was that tail around a little bit further." And yeah, it was it was really cool, man, to see you do that. Yes, uh, I mean I've tried on mine a couple times, and that's when I had the hundred dollar uh, repair bill, you know, from it. <laughs> and I remember Anthony was right next to me, and I was like, "Oh, that was kind of, oh, that wasn't right." <laughs> and I'm like, "Should I do it again?" He's like, "Uh," and I'm like, "Screw it," <laughs> you know, it's, it's an oxy, I'm gonna do it. Um, and then I, and yeah, and then I totally lost orientation and crashed that, but um. Yeah, so then I also flew Kevin's Oxy-3, which was, uh, he has a 285, it's stretched, but it also has a three-bladed head on it, the cube. And when I was doing, like, the TikToks on it, the collective stops was crazy. It was just, like, whoop, and it just stopped. It felt so much more collective authority than I I do with my um, Oxy-3 uh, normal size, the 255, with the uh, three-bladed head. So. It was just fun to watch somebody else fly my helicopter like doing tiktoks and doing the crazy shit with it because i was like oh look at it go it's it's going it's doing it (laughs) so you know it can it just has to learn to do it (laughs) yeah yeah it was cool man yeah Yeah, definitely man that sounds like uh kevin you sound like me when i first went up to see chris at his fun fly and uh i had uh kyle stacy oh man (laughs) he pretty much made in my uh my 380, and uh, I was like, wow, I didn't think my helicopter can do that. (laughs) That's out of control, Um, man. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine, like, standing next to, you know, Kyle while he's just smacking it around, just looking at his, you know, his fingers work and looking at the heli, like, how is he doing this? How is this possible? (laughs) Well, you you know what's funny about Kyle? After I do my mate on any helicopter, second flight, I always give it to Kyle if it, if it can stay in the air with Kyle flying it, I know I did a good job. And what's funny is Kyle's maiden to when he's flying one of my machines. Mm-hmm. He'll take it off. He'll go into idle two. He'll do two pitch pumps and just beat the shit out of it for like three minutes. It's wow. it's, it's it's great to watch. And that's how my daddy goes. My dad will hand me something to go, wow, I know my helicopter can do this because you can do it. I'm like, sure. well, I'm the same way if I hand my stuff to Kyle. It's amazing to see. You think you've done everything you can with a helicopter until you hand someone – that much better it's like holy yeah. cow this is i need to up my flying skills <laughs> right right i gotta get more stick time in too but um yeah so besides that i got a i got a v control uh chris hooked it up i gotta use off of him so i can't wait to get that in my hands and start playing with that nice 
Yeah, Chris has been sending these little teaser, you know, pictures uh, when I first, you know, said, okay, yeah, I'm going to get it. Um, You know, like he reset it and put my name on it and stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. You know, so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I really can't wait to get that. Um, And then, you know, like I just want to kind of, that's kind of a broad thing. It's not really what I've been up to, but I mean, this hobby, it never seems to surprise me. Um, The folks in the hobby are so amazing and and, you know, and I'm talking about Anthony and Chris, uh, you know, like, you know, I was talking to Chris and, you know, kind of talking about the uh, V control and kind of getting his take on it. And, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, if I get one, I don't really have the money, but if I get one, I'll probably try to get the white one or whatever. And then like 10 minutes later, he orders it. <laughs> he's like, oh, I got mine for sale if you want. So, um, you know, I ended up getting it off of him. And then like, I don't know. And then like Anthony jumps in. He's like, oh. You know, I have an extra Neil. You could take it off my hands and just, you know, pay me a little bit later. It's fine. You know, let's just get your 700 up in the air and stuff. And, you know, just, like, things like that. Like, it's just insane, like, to me that, like, the folks are so nice in it. Like, you know, like, they're just all looking out for everyone to succeed in this hobby. And, you know, I'm, I just feel blessed and thankful to all you guys, you know, for being there. So, you know, I thank you. You know, I... You guys are awesome, and I'm, you know, I'm happy to call you guys all my friends. So, <laughs> for nice. sure, man, Absolutely. that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah, you know, Kevin, you too, man. You've helped me so much over the years. You know, since I've known you guys and uh, known you and and Jeff. So it's just, you know, I don't know, and that's why, like, you know, when someone asks a question about something, even if it's very like basic, and you know, I might be like, oh. Yeah, it's just this. I'm surprised you didn't know it. Like, you know, I don't take it for granted. And I help people as much as I can, whether it's at the field or, you know, whether it's through um, text messages or Facebook. You know, I just want to want to kind of pay forward back to, you know, all the folks that have helped me over the years. So, um, yes, I really can't wait for my V control. Um, You know, I think it should be in tomorrow. So I don't know, Anthony, maybe I might uh, have to come by tomorrow evening to pick something up. (laughs) Come through, brother. I see, yeah, dude, yeah. you said all that nice stuff, and then I was listening to our podcasts, um, uh, and uh, I listened to episode uh, seven right after we recorded episode eight. eight. Uh-huh. I heard something that I'm going to have to play, man. I, I Oh, I know what this is, but yeah, so, go ahead, play it. So episode seven, Steve said this. I don't think I'm going to ever switch out of Spectrum. <laughs> then episode eight, he said this. His V control is up for sale once he gets that in. So, oh jeez, dude. And you know the price seems very reasonable. So, you know, I might have to. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer a might. I, I, it's a done deal. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. <laughs> I'm the caption. worst. <laughs> no, no, it's great. Cap a big caption. Insert my foot in my mouth. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome, though, dude. I yeah. couldn't be happier for you. I know you you really uh, admired Anthony's and being able to program from the radio and all that stuff. So that's that's awesome, dude. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna love it. He's I know he's gonna love it because I remember all the little tuning he has to do. He had to go pop out his laptop, hook it up with the Bluetooth, and I think at one point you was even asking Rick if he had a Bluetooth module. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't bring my laptop that day, and I needed to tune something out. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So you're gonna love it, dude. I mean, fine tuning it, even from the radio. I mean, I don't know much about that because of my style of flying. It's not. 
I'm nowhere near there that I have to fine tune certain things. Mm-hmm. But um, you're gonna love it, and I can't wait. I'm excited for you, bro. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Can't wait to turn up the tail to 200. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Remember when uh, what was John, uh, John, John, John from the club? He did that at his. Was it a, was it a Protos, a mini Protos? Or? I did it. I did it on the um, on the oxy first. Remember that? Yeah, it was going crazy, and then he did it on the mini protos, and it started spinning so fast it almost looked like it was like like it lost its tail, right? It just exactly. Yeah. Like it, was, it like the tail and was all in the nose. All of a sudden, was like spinning over top of each other. Right, right. It's just a blur. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I Man. can't wait. Uh, so, Anthony, what you been up to? Not much. I can't really say that much. I don't know. We'll oh, see. come on. We got some big news, don't you? Nah, I don't know. No, no. Nah, we got big news. No. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I really, uh, man, I, Rich has been hounding me to get into this FPV stuff. So I've been That's hounding bad. you because I don't know much about it. So I've been hounding you to come over, help me set this thing up. Yep. So we finally set it up and um, went outside, did a quick <laughs> maiden. <laughs> Less than a second into my car. <laughs> this guy spooled up the, the quad and in less than a second it was on the side of his car. <laughs> Wait, Steve, uh, you were flying it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I guess I didn't calibrate the ESC right because as soon as I gave a little bit of throttle, it felt like it went full throttle, went back and right and just smacked my door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was funny, but um, was hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I was, and you know what? I was just excited to see it spool up. <laughs> hey, it, it got off the ground and flew, it, right? <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. And then uh, right away, he's like, uh, "I think we should leave this for the field." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, anyways, um, finally the next day, went to the field and uh, Rich set it up, and I did FPV for the first time, and I had a blast. Nice. I didn't. I didn't know how much fun it was going to be. And, you know, I've been telling you guys, if I really like this, I want to do this, like, on a plane where we can chase each other around and, you know. Yeah. But, um, Hell yeah, man. That would be awesome. But it was it was a lot of fun. And the good thing is that I didn't invest a lot of money into it. I bought a lot of used stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to invest so much money into it and then not like it. But I actually like it. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, so that's, you know, I did that. Been doing some flying. The weather has been kind of crazy. You know, our, as you guys already know, our local field is, like, shut down. So we had to go to our, our uh, I don't know. I guess this was the original field that they used to fly at. Yeah. So we've been going there. Um, it's pretty been pretty good because it's just us there. No one else has been coming by or anything like that. Except for that guy in the truck that was like, what are you guys flying, them drones? <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Up. Um. You know, so trying to get as, you know, whatever flights I can, you know, with this mm-hmm. weather. Yeah. And uh, normally I used to fly every day after work. But at one point in time, it's just, you know, with the weather and everything else, that was that kind of put a little halt to it. So, um, and then the only other thing I could possibly say, the biggest news is um, the Tariq edition was finally released. We've been seeing a lot of builds going on and... Uh, I finally placed my order for one. Nice. Oh, nice, dude. Eager to get that. Can't wait. Put that together. I'm going to do it as a 6S setup. 
Oh, and, man. Uh, and nice. It's going to be a beast. Six yeah. yeah, I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Oh, man. That's awesome. Six S. What kind of motor uh, KV does that run? They have two. One is a 2500 KV, and I believe the other one was a 1970, but I went with, uh, the, I went with the 2500 KV. Yeah, more power. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be pretty powerful. Sweet. How about you, Chris? What you been up to? Well, as you guys know, being New Jerseyans, and I'm up here in New York, we've mm-hmm. had a very weird, unseasonably warm January and February. So I managed to get out three times this past week with not only the Oxy Cube, but both my 380 and my 570 Kyle Stacy editions. Nice. Um, and my dad being retired, I said, hey, I'm going to the field. He was more than eager to meet me at the local – I got a m- local park right by my house where I take my dog, and they have four-by-four four power posts with 110-volt outlets. So oh, wow. I-, I went out there with four packs charged for – the one day, I think it was yesterday, I went out with four packs ready for the 380. Mm-hmm. I brought out my charging case. I was able to get in a total of, I think, nine flights because while I was flying, I was charging packs for the Oxy. So that was really cool. So we were, we were able to get out a few times this week. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man. You posted some pictures of that charging case. I think Instagram or, yeah, was, yeah. or, or the Facebook page. Amazing, dude. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, the Joe and Kyle at Rotorcraft RC, I've been friends with them for a few years, and they just they take it to the next level. I mean, they'll give you a basic case, but being a Pulse mm-hmm. pilot, I wanted to backlit light. I've yeah. got USB charge ports, dual balance boards. Um, I've wow. got servo, servo test leads, carbon fiber you know, backdrop on a deck. and So you can go basic or you can go crazy. So with, with a big case, we went crazy. And then um, my little small case, it still has a dual balance board. So it's just a little single port. I think it's the iCharger 206B maybe. That's okay. my that's my just grab and go charger. And I bought for my birthday this year, my wife got me a little generator. So oh, the, the little case will go to the field always with me. The big case, it pretty much stays home. Um, unless I go to a park or a big event where I've got a huge generator running, because that's got a thousand watt uh, me well in it, so I need wow. I need some I need oh, some wow. power to run that thing. <laughs> yeah, they were amazing looking. Yeah, thank you. And then, and then one more thing, going back to what Anthony was saying with the V control, mm-hmm. um, the latest uh, firmware update for not only the V control radio but the Neo, they added some new features. So past two days, Anthony, I've, I, I we've been going back and forth with screenshots and text messages. We've been actually playing with the tuning because just like Anthony, everybody asks me, what's your setup? What do you do to tune? Back to my icon days, I always set up – the flywireless systems on the market today are so intuitive to where you set it up to the wizard. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much go out and fly other than tuning the tail gain on, on Maiden. Right. So I've never really been a tuner. I've been more of a flyer. You know, Set it up and go fly. Well, with this new update, they changed the rates on the tail and the cyclic. Um, so it's cool. So yesterday I went to the field. I said, you know, I've been talking to Anthony. I go, you know, I'm going to start playing around. So I, I was playing with bank one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and I was, I was adding higher rates here, lower rates here. I'd let it take off. said, oh, this flips too fast. This flips too slow. Land, hit the scroll wheel, boom, take off 20 seconds later. Back in the day of my icon, I mean, I loved icon. I flew for two years, but mm-hmm. even to set up self-level, you had to land, plug it in, yeah. initiate it, set it up, unplug it, go fly. Man, Steve, the V-Bar, it's land. Tune, take off. Land, tune, take off. Nice. Mm-hmm. I so, can't wait. <laughs> so, so that's been my week. Awesome. So you, your dad, I'm being retired. Does he still fly or? Oh yeah. Just, well, you know? well, he worked for Xerox, so he was he was always in computers. Okay. And, um, 
So he got me into the air. Him and my grandfather got me into the airplanes in the 80s. He never touched a helicopter until about, I'd say, five, six years ago when I flew for RC Aerodyne. I got him a mm-hmm. KS 450 fly bar. And okay. uh, that's when the Spectrum, we had a DX8. So we still had to do the cord. And then, so I, was, so I had him hooked to the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the season, he was doing solo hovers and some um, forward flight. And then when I got when I got the DX9 to review, we were doing a wireless buddy box, which was cool. Nice. And, and by season two, he was flying himself, and he's worked his way up through all the blade line. And I'm proud to say, and Anthony saw it at my fun fly. He, um, our other buddy Ron, Ron that we talked about, um, my dad bought his Synergy E5. So my, I quickly Ooh. bumped my dad up from micros to now where he is today. I think it was we went out Sunday. He's flying a Synergy E5, which nice. is a 550 class wow. helicopter. That's awesome. See, he's been retired for going on three years now, and if I'm out flying or or if he thinks I'm not working, he texts me and says, "Hey, I'm charged. Let's go." So it's it's he's my if I'm not with Kyle, mm-hmm. I'm with my I'm with my dad or both of them. That's awesome. I have a quick question about the. Um, I know you said you're buddy boxing with your dad. Now, can you buddy box with a V control? You can. It's a uh, just like Spectrum. It's got you just need two V controls, but it's got the wireless buddy. I haven't played with it yet. Okay. Um, but it does have the wireless buddy box feature. Oh, it does. And mm-hmm. since all the settings are set on the V control, it's not like we're we're a spectrum. I know I had an issue with like the trimming, like for planes, you know, trim out. You do a trim flight with the master radio, and then when I switched to student, everything was off, so I had to retrim it. And well, I, I heard you guys it. talking about that a few mm-hmm. shows ago. When you did that, did you have the the master set for Pilot Link Master or Pilot Programmable Master? Hmm. Because Pilot Link Master, you don't. I don't believe I've ever had to trim out a model. If you do Pilot, if you do Pilot Link Master, it okay. makes a, it makes a slave radio a dummy radio. So anything you do in the master, it transfers right over. So like huh. they don't have throttle hold, you have throttle hold. If you want to do idle up, it's all on the Pilot Link Master. I think I just followed some like YouTube video and kind of just got it set up. You know, I like basically finished building the plane that that night and then got it set up and then flew the next day. So yeah, it, it could be something like that. Yeah, because again, I have nothing against Spectrum. And when the mm-hmm. DX9 came out, they sent me one for a review. And that weekend, I was doing wireless buddy box with one of the older guys in our club. And he, at the time, I had my Blade 550X, and I thought it was the coolest feature in the world. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move into the main topic here. Heli. Oh, the show's <laughs> about helis? Yeah, the show's about helis, if you didn't already get oh. that just from us. Uh, Sorry, but- Kevin. I thought it was Control Line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so I kind of want to talk about like heli flying, fun fly rules. Kind of, you know, for for our listeners that don't fly helicopters and just you know see them as you know spinning blades of death, like you know, let's kind of take the mystery out of it. Like, let's kind of talk about what are the basic safety things when flying a helicopter. Um, you know, we could go real basic, like don't fly at yourself, but you know, we'll, we'll progress from there, I guess. Well, for, for me, I think the first basic is education mm-hmm. because the, the general population and the media, they see us as flying toys. And in an aspect, they are toys, but they're machine. And yeah. a few years ago, when we lost a really close guy in, in the helicopter community, mm-hmm. the media went right to flying lawnmowers, flying death traps. And I had right. to write up, I, I, I called up the radio station that morning and gave them my point of it. Just ed- educate the media, educate the people. Anytime someone comes out to, new to the field on the weekend, I I haven't met before. Mm-hmm. I walk to I walk to the pits, talk to them about safety, say, "Hey, you can't come on this side of the fence." Right. And they're full of questions, so just 
let them talk your ear off and talk right back and just give them the safety side of it first and you know tell them the pros and cons and mm-hmm. and just hit hit the main points that need to be said definitely i mean i think one of the other things about heli safety is like you know take your time you know, you see these videos of these pilots doing some incredible things. And, you know, we all inspire to fly, you know, to this crazy level, you know, whether you're a big air or smack, you know, you want to kind of progress and learn stuff. But one of the things that I know, like, even for me, I kind of rushed into it, you know, it's like, oh, I got a tail and hover. Let me now start flipping it and doing tricks. But, you know, without kind of fully understanding orientation, you know, you end up, putting yourself in danger because you don't know how, well, how to recover for like if you you know something's going wrong you don't know how to recover so i think definitely taking your time um simming helps a lot for those who can uh, stand to sim um but i would say you? know the machine too because when i first started with the 450s and the fly bar and all that linkage uh i kind of was playing it by ear a little bit and thought i knew what i was doing and i i had a couple of close calls one was in my garage where it spooled up and came right at me and luckily i was able to slam it back to the ground before it did any damage but still it, it just it's something that i think like if i'm on my own like if i'm a new guy that wants to learn how to fly helis you know where where do i start you know start with the three channel start with the four channel i, I think i would start with the four channel yeah i would say three or four channels fine um yeah four channel the three channels I, I, well i started with three channel but i definitely okay. got sick of it uh, or bored with it, you know, within the first like day or two, because you're just turning and moving forward is all you're really mm-hmm. doing, uh, and going up and down. But uh, I think I would start with a fixed pitch, you know, four channel if it's something you want to get into. You know, don't go right for the collective pitch, you know, six channel helis. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, start learn your like upright orientations with a, a fixed pitch four channel. One of the things is don't fly in your garage. Yeah, (laughs) you know, go to a field, go to a place where you have ample space, just in case. And and whenever you're working on it, or you're not sure, either take the blades off, or better yet, disconnect one of the motor leads. Yeah, from the ESC to the motor. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Another another big one for me, and I don't care if you're a week into the hobby or 20 years into it, like myself, and I've fallen victim to this. Pre-flight checks is huge. Mm. I blew up a six. I I had a beautiful 600 KS. I was about to put in a scale machine about two years ago. I was excited to get it flying, and one of the links was a little bit tight. I didn't have a link reamer, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go and do a test hover. About 20 seconds in the hover, I'm about three feet up. It's starting to do a little shimmy. I hit throttle hold, and the second I hit throttle hold, the machine just exploded. It ate itself, cut the boom in half, cut cut a hundred dollar battery in half. Came flying, wow. you know, battery came flying past me, and I kind of knew pre-flight. Yeah, this one link's a little tight, but I let my excitement get the best of me so pre-flight checks um mm-hmm. and then a few weeks ago i'm playing with the oxy and i'm out there having fun i probably got like 15 20 flights on this thing and i come in for a huge overspeed and i come down and all of a sudden the thing the tail flips up belt jams up and i put it right right down in my front yard plop it down nothing bad um it actually what did it do it broke the three tail blades and stripped the main gear and what it was is I was building it for the review. I was all excited. You know, I, I thread-locked the head, thread-locked the tail. Mm-hmm. I thread-locked the left side of the frame because I always take the right frame off after assembly to put the electronics in. Okay. Well, I got all excited to get the thing flying because our weather was so nice. You know, 15, 20 flights in, I realized, oh, 
I didn't lactite every piece of this helicopter. Uh, so no. the, the two front, you know how the oxy's got the four screws that hold the tail case on? Mm-hmm. Well, the two front ones actually vibrated up. So when I came in for the overspeed, I overdrove the tail so much that those two vibrate out and the tail cocked up enough to where it stopped the belt in flight. And just the helicopter had no lift and fell. So little uh-huh. little stupid stuff like that. I'm kicking myself. I mean, it was only 12, 12 bucks for, for three tail blades and the main mm-hmm. gear, but... You know, it's that time loss, waiting for parts. When it's 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 little stuff like that. Pre-flight checks every time. I mean, that's yeah. gonna save. That's gonna save you. It's gonna save your helicopter. Mm-hmm. I think we've all fallen to victims. Uh, you know, to pre-flight checks. Kevin had a mishap. You remember that, Kevin, when the 380 yeah uh, tipped over on you because the one servo didn't initialize. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Yep. That happened to me. You, yeah. That happened to me on Saturday with my oxy, and believe it or not, today um, I was flying my 380, and uh, I gave it a pitch pump, and for some reason I it went up when I gave it negative, so it can come back down. It almost hesitated, and I'm like, "What?" You know, I I couldn't understand why I was hesitating. So then I um. I landed it, and when I landed it, I picked up the head. Mm-hmm. The head was loose on the main Ooh. shaft. Oh, jeez. Oh, the, boy. The Jesus bolt, for uh-huh. some reason, you, you, I felt the head click. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. um, and that's when I look, and I can, I'm, I can move the head up and down, and you can see that the Jesus bolt was actually not as tight as it once was. Wow. For wow, our fans, who might not know what a Jesus bolt is? It's basically the bolt that bolts the head block to the uh, to the main shaft. So basically, your whole head assembly with your blades is held by this bolt. So yeah, you got to make sure that thing is tight and you know well secured. If uh, if we're throwing ourselves under the bus, I'll throw myself under one more time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was about two months ago before I sold my seven hundred Cal Stacy to Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put a new tail servo and I was testing out and. Now, I knew ESC, cyclic servos, all that were the same. So before I took off flight, you know, I tipped the helicopter, said, yep, I got tail control, head control. I could hear all the servos working. Well, even though I heard the tail servo move, I didn't realize and I never put the link on the new servo oh, or, no. or the, the oh, horn. Geez. So as soon as I got a foot in the hover, it starts pirouetting. I hit throttle hold, land, go, why don't I have a tail? I look in there, horn's not hooked up. So luckily I caught it within the first five seconds of a hover, but – Again, it's these little things that, that could have taken out a two, $2,000 helicopter in less than 20 seconds. Yep. Wow. I'm surprised it didn't just, like, pirouette as you're trying to lift off the ground and just, you know, lose it. It was, it was on the grass. So, I mean, the skids were kind of dug in. And as soon as I hit uh, okay. positive collective, I mean, the first two inches, it started to slowly pirouette. And I just hit throttle hold and it weather vaned and, you mm-hmm. know, set right back down on its skids. Wow. Wow, man. But that's enough to make you think as you're walking back in the house going, really, Chris? Really? Yeah, this, this could have cost you a helicopter. Yep. Definitely, you know. Wow. Whew. So another basic safety thing is um, I kind of want to mention because this, I've had this happen to me twice, kind of flying, and the helicopter kind of goes over your head and you kind of lose orientation. Um, you know, at most fields, obviously anything behind the flight line is where you know we have people watching or you have you know other pilots kind of just relaxing. Um, Dump the heli. I mean, I, I don't care how expensive it is. If it's going to danger anyone, dump the heli. Uh, I'd rather you know, lose a $2,000 heli 
or have to like or you know hurt someone you know so that's kind of a thing where if i feel like i don't have a helicopter in control and it goes over my head um you know and, and this one just happened more as a beginner than than nowadays but um yeah i just I, i'll dump it i'll just go full negative or full positive whichever way to k- get that helicopter smack on the ground and you know so uh Let's kind of move on to, so what are the tips on progressing in this hobby as far as, you know, in the heli aspect? Um, what kind of tips would you give our listeners or someone, say, new, or even someone who's like an intermediate flyer who's kind of like, okay, you know, I could do figure eights, I could do upright flight, you know, what do I do next? Practice, practice, practice. Um, simulator's great. I was telling you guys last night when we were talking, I'm not a sim guy. I, I bought a new computer. When it, last year I was reviewing the AccuRC simulator mm-hmm. that Bobby Watts was promoting, and I sim for a good few months, but it got boring to me. If you're gonna, pro- the way to progress is a have someone to push you harder, like Kyle or you guys at the field, constantly egg each other on and try this, try that. Get a machine that has some type of rescue or bailout. And the biggest thing, find a helicopter, and and I drilled this into Anthony's head, and I think he's finally there with it. Pick a helicopter that's inexpensive to crash that you're not afraid to crash. I still fly very reserved if you guys watch my videos. You know, last year was my big year for progression. I think I crashed four or five times, all of which I was having fun. Mm-hmm. But the key for me, when I first started flying for RC Aerodyne, we had a Chaos line of helicopters, and they're kind of a clone of the T-Rex. And mm-hmm. I remember when I first got the Chaos 450s, I had two or three of them. And once I got the first helicopter where I knew parts were cheap, to buy easy to fix that's when my flight envelope really opened up because i wasn't afraid to fly and crash anymore i was more doing it for fun so that's my biggest thing other than practice get a machine that you're comfortable with you know every part of and you're not afraid to you know have 50 to 100 dollars worth of parts laying around and just beat the snot out of it and you're going to progress you're going to learn muscle memory Mm -hmm. and you're just you're going to grow nice I think I progressed the most when I stopped caring about the heli so much as far as, like, you know, crashing and having to repair it and just kind of pushing myself to, like, you know, just do it. If I crash, I crash. It's not, you know, I will get it fixed and it will fly again. So um, don't be afraid of crashing. Crashing is part of the hobby, whether it's airplanes, helis, multi-rotors, you know, it's going to happen. A cheap, a cheap pot and boom. I mean, we all love our goblins, and those mm-hmm. are kind of like our Cadillacs in our fleet. Sure. The, the Oxy. I mean, it's it's up there for quality with all the rest, mm-hmm. but Luca's got the prices down to where, where we've all done it in the past few weeks. We've all put them in. Yep. What it costs us, anywhere between 10 to $100 to put back in the air hours yep. later. Yep. So get, get some little pot and boom that's easy to fix, and, and you can you know go up and down. Um, we've, we've had to talk – I have in the past of belt versus torque tube and torque yes. tubes are nice. They're efficient, but if you're learning, get something like the oxy that yep. has a belt because it's going to be very forgiving. When you tap the tail on the ground, you're going to jump right over a clog in the gear. You're not going to instantly strip my dad. Oh my yep. God. Bless his heart. He loves his, he loved, he now has a blade 180, but his 130 X, oh. by the time he was done with it, it was a $500 helicopter. Yeah, because he had, to, he had to upgrade everything, get it flying, and every time he was learning, he would touch that tail, boom, umbrella gear, strip, strip, mm. strip. Yep. I had so the I same know- thing with the, the 250 T-Rex. Every time that tail just, you know, like slightly hits a blade of grass, strip the gear. 
Yeah, I mean, oh. there's there's a place for micros, but if if you're if you have a daily flyer, you need to progress on mm-hmm. 300 to a 500 size class helicopter, and and try to go the belted route because it can be very forgiving to the people who are learning. Definitely, that's interesting, Chris, because I posed that question, I think, to both of these guys about the 180 that I was flying. I enjoyed it and uh, wondered if I should keep flying it because, uh, like you said, I, I I don't really care about it. It's easy to fix. I know it inside and out. And I can try out different things. No, no, no I, I like them, and I think guys should start with a micro because you know how squirrely they are. If, yeah. you, can, if, you, if you can hover and do forward flight with a 130 or 180, as squirrely as – I mean, you're talking a four- to six-inch rotor disc. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can master hovering and sport flying a, a micro, jump into a 300, 450, even a 500, it's, you can do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. I started with the Blade Nano. The CPX, CPX yeah. Yeah, yep. C, yeah, CPX. Mm-hmm. And, and now they just changed it. I'm, I, a friend of mine, I'm teaching his father how to fly. He, they just did a new version of it now where it's a nano uh, CPX, but now it's got the, the rescue or bailout, whatever Horizon yeah. calls it. Safe, I think. Safe. Yeah. So that just made it model even better to get people into the hobby. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm going to expand a little bit. Um, maybe get pick up a Sport uh, Oxy and and try this this season to fly that more. Yeah. Well, for for the listeners who are thinking about the Oxy, hear everybody talk about them, want to try them. Rich Knapp, who's the team manager for Oxy and Lynx, um, he just posted a post a few weeks ago. If you price the Oxy Sport, which is two twenty five for for a insane. kit, I mean that's killer. The only thing they did is they took out the towel, the swash leveler, and they made the mainframes and fin G ten, which G ten to me I think is just as strong unless you drill it in hard. He budget built it with KST servos. Hobbywing ESC, um, AR seventy two hundred B stacks flybarless system mm-hmm. minus the battery. Well, add a battery. Say twenty bucks for the battery minus your radio. You can have an Oxy Sport ready to fly for less than five hundred fifty bucks. Wow! To, to, some, to some that sounds expensive when you price it to all the bigger stuff we fly. I mean, it's to me I, that's very affordable if, you, if you're ready to jump up to a collective pitch helicopter. Yeah. And I mean, Oxy is a great bird. It is fully capable. Like you could take that from just learning your, you know, your hovers to just TikToks, you know, pure flips, like everything. It could, it could handle anything you could throw at it. You know, it's funny. Someone posted a comment on my um, cube video because I finally did a video of the cube like last week at the park. And uh, one of the comments yesterday, a guy makes says, "Hey, can that do like harder 3D?" I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, it's not my style." I go, I go, go to YouTube, type in Turek. Mm-hmm. Oxy three, and you'll see what it's fully capable of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. That was insane. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're if we're flying these things at two thousand to three thousand RPM, mm-hmm. Tarek, he's up around you know four to five thousand six six thousand mm-hmm. on the head, and the thing's staying together. So that says yeah. a lot about a little you know mini helicopter. I was really impressed with the the way that they designed the tail and the way that the they got rid of a lot of mechanics inside and just did that one single main gear tail, you know, belt drive. Yeah. It's, it's a low parts count. It's, he, he tried it to is. make it as yep. strong and maneuverable as possible, but take out any of the extra. You don't need a kitchen sink and a stainless steel and all the marble countertops to make something work. He, yeah. he kept it as basic as possible with the lowest parts count. And other than the, the Goblin 380, which isn't even in its class. It's bigger. But for a 300-class helicopter, that is the lowest parts count kit you can get on the market today. 
Yeah, one thing about the Oxy I love man, is the uh, the tail boom. You know, I love that. Like, it's not a round tail boom. It's it's uh, I guess like a a box tail boom. Yeah, um, it's, it's like a chamfered I, box. Yeah, and I love that there's no boom supports. You know, and which adds to the low parts count. It's just it's just he, a solid heli. He calls it the Delta Delta tail boom design. Delta tail boom design. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, one of the other tips I have for progressing, and I've noticed. Um, I don't follow by it, but I've noticed when I do follow by it, I progress a little bit quicker than normal, is um, don't get caught up in buying so many helis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Anthony. Um, <laughs> so many helis or the whole ox, or the whole goblin line? The whole <laughs> goblin line. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's two or three goblins or the whole line. Um, one of the things I've noticed is um, I progress faster when I stick with one helicopter. Uh, when I fly one helicopter back to back flights constantly, just back to back, you know, it kind of takes that like a little bit of a learning curve. Even if you fly like, you know, I have my three helis. I fly the Oxy three, uh, Goblin three eighty, and the Kyle Stacy five seventy. And you know, I, I fly all three helis exactly the same way. I try to tune them exactly the same so they all feel the same. But you know, obviously the size difference, they don't feel the same. And one thing I noticed, like you know, when I fly like just the Goblin or the Oxy. You know, back to like the Oxy have like nine packs. So I'll fly nine packs back to back, you know, and that's when I feel like I get so comfortable with the heli that I can try new things and bail myself out of it and and just progress. Um, Back when I first started, it would be like I do a flight on my, uh, you know, I have a Goblin 700, I do a flight on that, then I do a flight on my Blade 550X, and I do a flight on my 450X, and it's like, you know, because I keep on switching and all the helis feel different, I don't actually feel like I ever progress in flying because I'm just trying to get used to the heli in the three, four-minute pack I have, you know? So I, I recommend, you know, if you really want to progress, try to stick with one or maybe two helis, you know? Save your money on the parts because you're going to crash kind of deal, so... Yeah, it's a great tip. No, I'm there with you 100%. Before I had the kids, man, oh, before car seats, I was going in the field with five ten different helicopters and first off you got all these different batteries you have to have different sizes for different machines and like you're just saying the problem is pick the two or three like and learn everything about them their flying characteristics when you have multiple helicopters yes you can tune them close but they're all going to fly different and you're not really going to progress if you're chasing different flight characteristics out of different machines so with me this year my my dad laughs because i can't stick to any promise i make myself but this year my goal is to not have more than three helicopters in my hangar and i know it's tough right now Uh, but if you can keep three or four and make those your daily flyers in different sizes is nice you know i'll always have my oxy size i love my 380 and i'll always have a 550 and now the reason i got rid of my 700 wasn't for reasons of not liking it, with a smaller commuter car now and my two kids, I can't fit anything bigger than a 550 in my trunk anymore. Okay. And even if I want to borrow my wife's SUV, she's got the two car seats in hers as well. So for me, I'll always have a 550 as my big one. Um, for me, if I had to let something go in my stable fleet, it'd probably be the 380 because they're all so close in size. But yeah. I think I think you should always have a 300, 450 size class like the Oxy. 550 is a great progression because when you jump to that 550 night and day yeah i, I had a buddy um billy who he, i've been helping him out throughout the years and he was flying his goblin 500 for years i go dude just dump the 500 and get a 570 and after his second flight he goes oh my god this thing flies like my align 700 did 
Mm-hmm. I go, th- that's what I'm saying. It's nice to have all these models, but when they're too close in size, you're really not gaining much. Right. It's just more money for parts for all three, you know, or more highly. So, yeah. Anyone else have any tips on the progressing portion? I feel like a douche right now. Well, I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my 3380s and my 3500s, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was going to say Anthony would like to have three helis just in one room. Well, oh, I, I sent Anthony a text the other day. I go, Anthony, I go, I love your fleet, but I go, you don't have enough hands to fly all these. He goes, in yeah. my dreams, buddy, in my dreams. <laughs> nice. nice. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I love the 380s. That's by far like the first goblin I ever built, and I just love the way it flies. Um, I might go down the road, later down the road, the same route that Chris went, and just keep three, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, Liar. Right. Liar. Right now. I'm having fun. Well, you let me know when uh, you decide to thin out the fleet a little. Yeah, I was going to say, you can let me know too, dude. Yes, Kevin is, uh, I think he's kind of interested in a 500, 570 class next. So. Yeah, because I've heard what Chris said uh, about, you know, once you move on to a 500 size, that it's it's night and day. I've, I've definitely heard that from the guys on RCHN and, and different people, you know, for sure. Huh? So It is true. The bigger they are, and it's the, the saying is true. The bigger it is, the more stable it is. But, of course, the bigger it is, the more cost once you crash it. You right. know what I'm saying? But um, And until you're ready to go into those big helis, the more scarier they are, too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I bought Chris's 700. I think I've only flown it, like, maybe no more than 10 times. Um, it's scary. It's a yeah. scary machine. So my, my favorite is the 500, though, because it's... It, it's it's a lot more stable, stable, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's more hang time for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, and like Chris was saying, you know, he has Kyle that pushes him. I have you that push me constantly, you know, at the field. Yeah. So, and usually every time I'm trying something different, I'm trying it with the 500 and the hang time is much, much better. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Was he pushing you to, um, land that oxy on its, on its, uh, blades? <laughs> On his head <laughs> on Saturday? <laughs> nah, that was me. I was, uh, that was you. I did, a, I did a blade scrape on the snow and I said, let me try it again, you know? And yeah, but you're coming down fast. <laughs> I, but I, I flipped it over, but I came down too fast. And um, before you know it, I mean, I hit throttle hold right away, but um, <laughs> it was <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> I know you didn't hit concrete, you hit the snow and, uh, you really didn't even do that much damage. I mean, to come inverted like that and yeah. hit the snow. So, well, the blade, shocked. the blade, the tip of the blades were a little chipped up, you know, because of the scrape that I had the other oh, day. Your chicken dance with your electric heli. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, I think the only thing that broke was the uh, the links. The main the main shaft actually got bent. Yeah. And, um, and the feathering shaft, and that's it. Nothing else. The main gears. Uh, Perfectly fine. Not one tooth is stripped. I don't know how Chris, he ripped all the teeth on his. Because <laughs> I came in for a high speed over speed and that thing, poop. Yeah, it yeah. Like, it looked like some old guy with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, everything stopped and the motor kept spooling down. It just kept eating teeth and eating teeth. Jeez. But hey, two gears for eight bucks. I can't yeah. complain. Yeah, no. you can't complain. Nope, you're absolutely right. 
but yeah, um, that was uh, that was the highlight of that day. That, actually, that was the we <laughs> we remember uh, Steve that I said you guys are leaving already. Come on, I got one last pack. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> one last pack. I'm gonna do some blade scrapes. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and we all turned around and walked back over to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. That was that was hilarious. Man. Yeah. Every time was... we get together, we have a blast. blast oh man, great time. Sure. Um. All right. So. For for a new person, you know what what do you expect when you go to a heli event? Fun, <laughs> definitely. Meet some to, great people mm-hmm. to drain to drain your wallet. Yeah, that could happen easily. Yep, it's it's addicting. Mm-hmm. That would be me, a new guy. I've never been to a heli event. I plan on going to one in, in August, though. Yeah, man. Well, September. It's Labor Day weekend this September? year. Oh, that's yeah, right. September. Yeah. But for 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 those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, um. For over a decade, Ray Stacy started what we call the Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree. It's held in Massachusetts, New York, which is about 20 miles east of Rochester, New York here. Um, I think for 11 years our club did it, and some of the guys who put on were getting tired. And I said, hey, I can't let this event die. And we've, we've, we hold almost 100 pilots a year from all over the world. Kyle Dahl, um, Burt Cameron, Bobby Watts, Nick Maxwell, you name it, they've all been there. And wow. the club's like, well, you know, we're tired. We're going to do it away with it. I go, no, 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 no. Let me get my CD certificate from AMA and take this over. So two years back, I took it over. Um, just contacted AMA yesterday to get the sanction pulled for uh, for this year. So this will be our 14th year running. And wow. for those of you guys who haven't been here, I sent Steve the link, put it up on the Facebook page so everybody can see. Yeah. Um, it, it's an awesome time. I mean, we're, we're a very laid-back club. Um, we're helping people. I run the show, but I still get to fly. I'm nice. up and down the flight line helping, you know, making sure everybody's happy. Um, it's three days of fun. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This year being Labor Day weekend, everybody's got that extra travel day to head home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got food on site, camping. I think last year we had 15 campers. Um, Bert and Susie Cameron drove a day and a half straight from Florida, brought up their Harleys. So they stayed nice. after a few days, went to Niagara Falls. It's 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 a great time. Um, there's turbine helicopters, electric, gas, nitro. Some of the top names, you know, show up. And Anthony, mm-hmm. I talked it up and dragged him there and asked Anthony, you you tell us if you if you had a good time, Anthony. I had a blast. It was actually my first fun fly, and uh, it was amazing. The problem for me is that it's a start and end of the summer because it's always for me it's and it's it's rounding out the season which is sad but at the same time all all season I'm like oh my god our event it's coming it's coming because when you're there it doesn't matter if it's your first time or you don't know half the people by the time you leave you're like whoa I have a hundred people in my family I never knew I had mm-hmm. right that's and awesome you want you want to talk about nice people you know you break it like it was funny Anthony's out there spotting for me and I'm. Again, 2015 was my year of progression, and it wasn't it wasn't mechanical or electrical crashes. It was me having fun, and Anthony's out there, and the crowd's yelling because we're cutting the weeds and stuff, and I'm tick-tocking sideways, getting lower and lower and lower, trying to cut this weed. And Anthony watched me put in the Kyle Stacy 700, which was sad. Within yeah. two w- within two hours, between three of my buddies who had parts on hand, I had cash. I had that thing flying within a couple hours later. That's wow. that's how that's how. I mean, we don't have any big vendors like Urcha or OHB, mm-hmm. but there's enough people where if you need a helicopter setup, you need help buddy boxing, or you just need parts, someone's going to help you out somehow, somewhere, and, I, and I'll make sure of that. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Cool. I can't um, wait to check that out. Yeah, me too. 
So I worked throughout the season to make the show happen on top of the club. I couldn't do it without club support. I'm just a contest director. It's a club who puts it on. But okay. so far, I've got the, the event set for September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Labor Day weekend. Um, and we've already signed signed a contract for the fireworks. So the show's a go. Nice. Fireworks are a go. Now the next few months is where I start asking sponsors for giveaways, um, Got I got to line up the food, the pilots mm-hmm. dinner. We uh, we bring in a smoker, and we smoke our whole our own pilots barbecue dinner. Um, Sweet. And, and then every year we pick a big pilot raffle. It's usually always with Kyle and Ray's help. We try to give away a goblin or something. Last year we did a little different. My daughter got diagnosed last January with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So instead of just doing a pilots giveaway, Ray and Kyle did it a little bit different, and we did a one-off, fully ready to fly. Kyle Stacy edition, signed, set up, ready to go. And from all the support from our helicopter family and the public and everybody who bought tickets, we raised close to $5,000 for uh, the Arthritis Foundation. Wow, so wow, amazing. So it's, it's little cool stuff like that where, I mean, you don't hear about that from model, you know, model community. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you guys aren't there, I'm going to cry. <laughs> hey, Anthony, Kevin, um, I say we rent an RV and go. Let's I don't, do it. I don't want to make him cry, dude. Yeah, we can't make him cry. He's such a good guy. We can't make him cry. No. <laughs> you, know. you, you won't. You won't. I promise you won't regret it. If you don't leave a smile on your face, then we'll have to keep you another day or two. <laughs> My wife might cry. She might. She might either cry or be happy that I'm gone. Hey, I tell you what, bring her out. If it's not nap time, my wife, every event or every demo I do throughout, because I go to kind of show love to our club. I go to other clubs in in New York and I put on, they allow me to put on helicopter demos at their airplane fun flies. And if my wife's not busy working, I'll go out to the field first and set up. But for almost, I'd say for the past three years, 90% of my fun fly demos I put on, my wife and kids were there watching. So it's it's yep. for for me it's a family affair. Oh, that's yeah. great, man! Awesome. And his daughter Haley was there cheering him on. <laughs> every time I land, two and a half years old. Every time I land, she starts clapping. Whether it's myself or my dad or Kyle flying, mm-hmm. every time we land, she's our she's our biggest fan. It's, I love it. Great. That's great. Yeah, you had a picture of her holding a, a helicopter there. I think I'm one of the only guys who can rock a pink helicopter. And one, I do it because I want to be different. But mm-hmm. two, I do it to get her excited. Um, Actually, last week she got her uh, RC Heli Nation citizen card in the mail, nice. and she also got her junior AMA uh, license in the mail. So this is the year I'm hoping to get her on the other side of the flight line. Instead of being a spectator, I'm hoping to get her hands on a transmitter this year because she's about uh, the age. She's about the age when Kyle was first on a simulator at the hobby store. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to start a new era here. What, like wow. three? Really? Oh yeah. When I first met Ray, he used to bring Kyle out to the field. And Kyle was this, you know, energetic little three, four year old who would like carry his transmitter and his helicopter. And then for for a time our local hobby store had his back room and Ray and a couple of the guys rented it and that's where they used to do all their airplane and their helicopter builds. Because they both they they do airplanes as well. Right. And uh I'll tell you what, if if Kyle wasn't home, he was at the hobby store with Ray on the simulator, and to this day, you don't get world champ status for sleepman i mean kyle's on the simulator two three hours a day so i watched kyle i think by the time kyle was five or six he was out flying me wow. <laughs> it's sad to say but the kid he's he's a world champ and he started it's in his blood and i'm hoping Haley. i don't want her to go in the hobby because i push her but the excitement in her face when she sees these things fly it's it's 
we hear a helicopter fly over. If I'm not running to the window first, she's running the window saying, helicopter. Nice. That's great. You know what I see? I see her out flying you too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out flying all of us. <laughs> yes, I, I, I see that. I see that as well. <laughs> well, I thought it was amazing the story you said at the beginning of the show when you said, you know, your uh, was it your dad or your grandfather started at, at had you out there at six? I think it was your dad, right? Well, well we we grew up in in Cicero, which is outside Syracuse, and I grew up kind of farm country, so we had two mobile acres and fifty acres around us, so. Back then, there wasn't a buddy box, so my dad would stand behind me with his hands over my hands, and if I got worried, I took my hands off. So if I wasn't flying at home in our own our own yard, um, I was the first one to call my pop on the phone and say, are you going to the field? And he'd pick me up, and I'd hang out with all the old guys at the field, and, and uh, I kind of grew up into the hobby. But I thought it was amazing you said that you soloed a year later. So you were seven years old flying a nitro plane soloed, right? So yep, is that little, what you were little, flying? It was a little uh, three-chainer. Um, See, that would blow me away, man, because I'm not even flying any nitro stuff yet. (laughs) It was was a SIG Supersport. It was a balsa plane with a foam wing, and it had a little OS-15 on it. And and my dad and another guy at the field would stand behind. So when I got comfortable with the controls, they'd let me take off. And then they'd take over, they'd let me fly, and they'd land for me. And within the – actually, it's still hanging on my wall in my hobby room. I've got the – because our club used to do the monthly newsletter – and uh, they did an article of how, because I was the youngest one to feel, it was all older guys. There was no kids growing up in this hobby. Right. And uh, so I was a little, little, little kid at the field hanging out with the old guys, and and uh, they molded me well. I never got into drinking or drugs. I mean, this is, this is, this is what it, this is what I spend all my money on. I can recycle my money and not piss it out or puke it out like most of the junkies <laughs> out there, you know. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Let's see. What was the next question I had? Um. So if you go to a fun fly and you're new, you're a beginner, and you know you can hover, maybe do some forward flight. I mean, how do you get over that nervousness of like you know walking up to the flight line if it's available to like you know to the pilot station and and you know setting up and taking off? Find find somebody you know or come up to myself, you know, a CD or somebody mm-hmm. with a club shirt on, and say, hey, I'm new, I don't feel comfortable. Can you help me? And and for us, following. Uh, AMA guidelines. You need to have a spotter at all times. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're nervous to fly, we we do three flight stations. We kind of spread it out. If you're nervous to fly okay. on the flight lines, we also have a hover zone. Um, oh, you got, nice. You, you got to stand at 15, 20 feet, but that's a good place to at least get your feet wet. Yeah. And, and hover. But I told Anthony, he came out, he goes, Chris, I'm not like Anthony and my buddy Billy said, Chris, I'm not like you guys. I don't want to go out there and make a fool of myself. I go take the drive. We'll get you out there. My buddy Billy showed up the night before, and he stayed at my house all weekend. And by day two, he was putting in double the flights I was because I hooked him up with some other of my friends, mm-hmm. and he is flying nonstop. So it's just find someone. And it is a fear to get over. I had yeah. the same. I had the same fear a couple of years ago, and to this day, if I do a demo in front of a crowd, I'm still shaking like a leaf. And and Anthony can attest to that. It's just you're always going to have that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but just fly safe. Don't fly out of your you know, what you're used to doing. Sure. And, and once the helicopter leaves the ground and you start doing your normal routine, you're going to forget there's 50 or hundred people behind you. And you think it's just a weekend at the field. Oh man, that many people, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's going to, uh, that's going to make me nervous for sure. <laughs> I think that depends on the person as well too. Um, I get a little nervous. I get nervous when I haven't flown a model in a while. And, uh, like when I flew a 380 mm-hmm. after the, after the oxy the other weekend, but, um, <laughs> 
for the rest of like I don't know. I go up and do figure eights. I don't care. <laughs> I drove all the way up here. I'm gonna do a couple yeah. figure eights and yeah. I'll land. And I'm telling you guys, I can't talk for other other fields, mm-hmm. but for us, I mean, how we have it laid out, we're around a cornfield that we own, and sometimes it's corn, sometimes it's beans. But how we lay it out for the fun fly, if you want to go out there and show off and have fun, take your spot or go to center stage. But our west side of our field and our east side of the field, Anthony, you know, can tell you. It's very spacious, so if you're worried, most guys go to the far right end of the field, and they're okay. flying out in a corner of the cornfield, so there's no one around, and at that far side of the field, there's not many spectators that can get to the fence in that area, Okay. so I'm, I'm telling you, my buddy Billy is a great example. From from saying, Chris, I'm not going to fly, he, lo- he easily logged 30 to 40 flights that weekend. Wow. He's not the one that had the green pulse goblin, right? Or the... No, Billy's the one. He, he drove the. He was under the tent city with us. He was a young skinny kid. Um, he had. Uh, he's the one that had all his helicopters with the castle ESCs that were set up in airplane mode. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and he kept getting hard shutdowns because he was over over amping them. He okay. had. Um, he had the goblin. He had the red and white goblin five hundred. He had. He didn't have the oxy at the time. He had a blade four fifty. Or I'm sorry. He had a line four fifty. He had an Align 700, but he mostly just flew the um, Goblin 500 all weekend. Okay. So. You know, um, hearing Chris saying he's up there shaking like a leaf, it's kind of hard to picture that because this guy, the way he flies, it's yeah. like second nature to him. You know, the way it's just amazing. His style of flying and and my favorite maneuver that he does is when he does that, that wall. All of a sudden, it just stops and then comes back at you inverted, you know. And to hear him say that he's shaking like a leaf, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> he's being modest. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I remember when I remember at the fun fly, I went up there and um, I got there just in time for the noon demos, and he was demoing his uh, what 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 scale was that that you? You sold. The guy came up there to pick it up, and you were actually <laughs> a, a demo. Yeah, yeah, so I had to let a lot of my fleet go because with, with Haley's surgery and some emergencies with the house, I just I couldn't keep all the fleet, and I needed to sell stuff to pay for you know household items like the roof and my kid's surgery. So my my favorite scale of all time was a huge 800-size Bell 429, and I met this nice guy in the forums from New Jersey, sight unseen, he had met me. He had read my reviews, spent a good chunk of money on this machine, sent me his radio. I set it all up for him, and he wow. wasn't able to make it the day before. Him, his wife had some health issues, so they finally make it up literally 10 minutes before the noon demo. And he's like, Chris, don't worry about demoing it for me. I'll take it home, and I can come up another weekend. I go, I go, dude, you're from New Jersey, Al. You're not going to come all the way up so I can test fly. I go, I go, what better time to show you that this product is 100% like I'm telling you let me do one last – money's already in my pocket. Let me do one last demo with it. And uh, I was the first one up on the roster, and I did a beautiful you know, five-minute scale flight with it. And I was shaking like a leaf because it wasn't <laughs> my helico- helicopter anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, nice. Me and Anthony went down to the uh, South Jersey Heli Fun Fly. Uh, what was it like? It was kind of cold. So it was, I think fall or like just some start of winter. And um, I think it was actually when we kind of first met too, right? I think I only known you for like a month or so. Yeah. And and you know, and kind of like you see all these pilots, and we met up with uh, one of our friend uh, John Dale, who's uh, you know he's a sponsored line pilot. He's you know really good. And you know, and like I see these guys flying, and they're all k- 
killing it out there. And I'm just like, oh. So me and Anthony were like, yeah, why don't we go to that pilot station all the way down at the end? No one's, you know, I don't really see many people there. Um, and one of the things I think that helped me kind of get over that whole nervousness is like just flying with a friend, you know, like just goofing around, like, you know, obviously safe, you know, very safely, but like just goofing around with the heli and, you know, they had some weeds there. It's like, oh, let's see how low I can go. And I ended up um, putting the tail in on my uh, Blade 360 CFX and. No damage. I flew right after, but you know, it was just like the laughs, you know. And you kind of get over the sense of like there might be people watching you, you know. Everyone, you know, no one likes to get judged. So like when you know, first thing comes to mind is someone's watching. It's like, oh man, they're judging how I'm flying, or you know, and you get nervous, and then you end up making more mistakes that way. Um, you know, being there with Anthony and just having friends around me, like it just felt like, eh, let's have fun, you know. So I definitely recommend, you know. Definitely get a spotter, you know, if, you, if it's a friend, that's even better. So you can just kind of, you know, bullshit with him and just have fun and, and kind of not think about the nervousness, not think about the crowd or any folks that might be watching and kind of overcome that. Well, you guys have to remember, you've got that fear factor in your head. Oh, my God, I don't want to screw up. Oh, my God, I don't want to crash. There's 50 to 100 other pilots who had that same thing <laughs> running through their mind also. Sure, yeah. And that same 50 to 100 pilots are putting in their helicopter and you're not yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, it's true because I, when i was at the fun fly up there in rochester there were so many crashes unbelievable and then um steve when you and i went down to the one in south jersey mm-hmm. these guys were throwing in their nitros it's unbelievable yeah yeah or that guy we met from uh was he from like he's PA? From, i think he's from philadelphia yeah yeah he's from philly and what he put in his six thirty or five? What was it? I think it was a seven hundred. Oh, and then he busted out the six thirty. I think. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was a six thirty, and then he busted out a seven seventy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. The, and, the, you know. The the common element with all this, though, it all comes down to safety. Um, mm-hmm. Knock on wood, we're coming up to our fourteenth year for the Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree. We've been incident-free. So even when we put these things in, it's out past the flight line. It's mm-hmm. in the field. It's in the trees. It's on the field. Whether you're new or old, we do every day before we even start our event. Even if it's Friday. A lot of guys get there Friday. The event's really Saturday, Sunday. Friday is for the people who come up early and start camping. Okay. Um, every day I hold a, a good 10, 15-minute pilots meeting. I do giveaways and stuff. But if you take away anything from the pilots meeting, it's the safety I stress. Um, we have we have a zero tolerance uh, kind of rule where if you're not flying with a spotter or you go past the flight line, you're done. We're pulling your AMA and you're out of here. And, and knock on wood, we're going 14 years. Everybody, it's all about fun and everybody sticks to the safety. So yeah, we might see 10, 15, 20 plus helicopters go in, but we've never had one go past the flight line. So, so what are the like, you know, I mean, I guess each fun fly is a little bit different, but what are the, the common rules? I guess we can go by AMA rules about, you know, you, the flight line and the etiquette of, of flying at a fun fly. So it doesn't matter if it's planes or helicopters. Once you're on the other side of that fence, you've mm-hmm. got the rough grass where your helicopter takes off of. And I tell people, paint an invisible line. You can't come past the rough grass. If you're over yourself, you're past the flight line. So really... There's really not much to it. You've got a spotter. They're uh-huh. not taking your video for you. If you're having someone take video, you actually have your spotter and a guy taking video. So at all times, your spotter is not there on Facebook or, or you're egging you on. He's watching those three pilot stations. So always have a spotter. 
mm-hmm. make sure they're calling out, okay, guy to the left, he's taking off. Guy to the right, he's doing pirouettes off your right side shoulder. So okay. there, there's not – I mean, it's, it's laid back by AMA rules. No flying past the flight line. Mm-hmm. No starting any model up if you're in the pits. You're, you're not. You can energize it, but you're not taking that throttle hold off until you're ready to fly. Okay. Um, and just have a spotter. I mean, there's not much to it. Night flight. Um, make sure you got lights. Um, we don't do spotlight flying. You have okay. to have some type of lights on your helicopter. And then the biggest number one thing. I don't care if people are camping and drinking, but if you have a beer in your hand, transmitters in a truck. For no reason should you be drinking if you're going to fly. Okay. So now for, for – I mean like me, you know, I grew up flying kind of – not grew up flying. But, you know, these last couple of years, I, I recently joined a club. Before that, it was just me, Kevin, and Jeff just flying in an open field. And, you know, I don't really know what a spotter is supposed to do. So like, let's kind of go into that and kind of explain like, you know, you said that he watches the other pilot stations. He, you know – but do they call out every – type of like move or is it just when someone kind of flies close to your box you say oh you have a pilot coming in doing a hurricane on your right like- that's the, that's what it is it's just for safety even if we're doing a noon demos and we're shutting down the flight line just for our sponsored pilots mm-hmm. even if kyle's out there doing a demo he still has a spotter i mean it's not only ama rules it's just you know common sense safety so basically a spotter it's your second set of eyes you can hear helicopters flying mm-hmm. you can't see everything I'm not right. blaming you guys. You guys are having fun, but I bet if there's a third guy next to you and Anthony, hey, you guys are about to hit, or hey, you guys are coming mm-hmm. your your box. So basically, they're the extra set of eyes for you. You can't see everything at once, and if you're flying, your main concern should be your model and your model only. Sure. Um, yeah. So that that's what a spotter's for. It's all safety. He's not calling out unless you want him to you know call out maneuvers because you're practicing for something. He can mm-hmm. do that, but his main goal is just to call out if you're if you're at the far right station he's watching the you know center center stage and left or if you're center he's mm-hmm. watching left and right so he's just your eyes to watch out for the other pilots and say say a guy has a dead stick and someone's got to go in the field you know we have flight line safety directors so i'm mm-hmm. i'm seeding events so i'm up and down i'm talking to people i'm helping people sure. so not only does each pilot there's three stations now there are there three pilots flying almost all weekend with a spotter but we usually have one or two flight line um, coordinators. Okay. So if a, a, if a model goes down a field and someone has to go out on the field, mm-hmm. that flight line has to shut down until that guy is safely out there, returns his model, and then we can go back to normal flying again. Okay. So at that point, the, the field director would kind of go around and say, hey, everyone has to land. And then the spotter would be like, yeah, you got to land or whatever. And then, and I guess, so that the person could recover their heli. All right. That yeah. So like, so like Saturday night, um, around four o'clock, we start getting ready to do raffles, and we start getting you know cleaned up for the pilots there. Now, people are going to fly nonstop, but when we, when the fireworks crew show up, mm-hmm. we actually had to fl- shut down the west flight station, the center flight station. So what I do is I set up one virtual flight station. So I'll take flight station on the far right, mm-hmm. I'll turn it at a forty-five degree angle, and it's it, you're only down to one flight station, so people line up, but. It's a way to where I turn the cornfield into a completely new flight station, so I, I can keep the the guests happy, sure. but still but still leave the three quarters of the field open for the fireworks guys to set up for for safety. Okay. Yeah, I was clueless, Steve. Also, when um when when Chris asked me to spot for him, I'm like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was, uh, you know, just point out, you know, just watch out on the left or whatever, and um, you know, let me know what's going on. And um, but I kind of messed up, man, because um, you know when he uh, 
when he put in the 700 KSC, I didn't call out that weed was trying to grab him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was the weed or the gravity, but one of them just failed. <laughs> yeah, one of them didn't fail. They got the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's the what's the etiquette of, of doing you know at fun flights as far as like you know is there a queue do you line up to you know on on the pilot station kind of waiting for the next person like with your battery you know plugged in throttle hold on waiting for the pilot to finish or like I mean or is it just kind of like you know because a hundred pilots with three stations you would think that you know there's probably a lot of people itching to fly you know how does that work I'm telling you I don't know how but it runs really smooth and some flights it like. A lot of guys like the far left and right because they don't want to go center stage. So sometimes you might find, you know, find five, ten helicopters lined up. We try to say if you're going to fly, stay with your helicopter because you don't want to be the next guy in line and they're wondering where you are. They're going to skip your position. Sure. Um, we do a time because there's a lot of guys who fly the gassers or the turbines. So we keep it to an eight-minute eight uh, maximum flight time so you're not sitting there waiting for a guy with a gas machine that will fly for 15, 20 minutes. So um, – Eight minute max for your flight, and then as far as a pilot, all he really needs to know is uh, stay in your box. And I and I, I have cones out on the field, so I have the flight stations marked, but I also okay. have cones in the field. So every day the pilots meeting, I show them where their virtual box is. So it's not like you're every day at the field where you can fly everywhere. Sure. Um, it, it's it's tough to fly in a box, but you learn you kind of learn to better yourself flying an entire space. And like sometimes, like Sandy Jaffe, he'll bring up these ten thousand dollars scale helicopters. Mm-hmm. People know if he's up. Most of the time, people just wait because yeah. they know they don't want to have a pilot error and take him out. It's just going off the trust factor and respect, and it's it's worked out great for thirteen plus years. There's not much to it. Once once all the planning and stuff's done, and the event actually comes, it pretty much runs itself. Okay, I've never really had an issue. One year ago, a guy was kind of flying out of his flight box, and we just walked up and said, listen, you know, you're flying too close to, you know, box A or C. you got to control it, but we've never really had a problem. You know you're going to have to keep an eye on these guys if they come up and try to fly together, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony and Steve. <laughs> say, that, say that again? He's going to have to keep an eye on you guys if you guys are going to fly together. Well, you know what we need to do? I'll, yeah. put, one on, I'll put one on the west side of the field. One guy on the east side of the field, and I'll just close down the center line just there so they just so there's no chance those two guys meet again. One guy but in Connecticut. Hey, it was almost that scenario, you know, where he was on the other side of the center line. I was on the other side, and somehow this guy likes crossing borders, man. You know, <laughs> but, you know it's, like hopping fences, crossing borders, you know. No. But it's, it's an accident that happens. That I told Anthony a few weeks ago, you can't make it happen again you know we do our bloody wonder combat we're talking 10 15 planes up in the air the crowd's waiting for carnage and maybe two guys hit so what you guys did that's a one a lifetime bad mistake they'll probably never happen again it actually almost happened again on saturday with me and and, uh what's this guy uh john with his mini protos did you see that um any of you guys see that no No, we showed up and john was leaving yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, he scared the crap out because I'm flying on the left side and he's doing a hurricane and he came right in front. I was, it almost happened. I'm like, dude, do you know how close you were? He goes, we weren't that close. I said, yes, you were. <laughs> so that goes to show, I mean, on the weekends, it's kind of your, 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 your own police when it comes to flying. But mm-hmm. fun fly aside, 
it's sometimes it's nice to have a spotter. If it's just the two of you guys, go farther apart. It sounds like you guys have magnets inside your helicopters. That one's positive <laughs> and one's negative. Yeah, they're attracting, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of it definitely sounds like common sense and and respect for other pilots and stuff. And you know, I mean. Yes, I guess that depending on how your skill level, you just try to keep in that box, the virtual box, and you know, and and try not to be like me, where you know, oh, I think I could do a quick hurricane while he's uh, up in the air doing some flips. So let's let's see here, experience at a fun fly, or you know, it doesn't have to be a heli one, just could be, it, could, it doesn't have to be a first one, but like I don't know, what's your most memorable fun fly? Let's kind of go down the list. Let's talk you know, because I'm every one of us have definitely been to a fun flight at this point. So, uh, Chris, why don't you start off? Oh man, uh, I've, promotion. I've, <laughs> I, I've been to a lot of them. I think for me, the biggest one because I took a few years off of the hobby. I moved to the city when I got my first house. So I kind of took two years off, and I I got into competitive pistol shooting and riding crotch rockets and and stuff. And nice. when I came back to the hobby, it's probably one of our biggest jamborees to date i mean we had probably 12 of the biggest names in the industry from kyle Dahl, kyle stacy burt Kammerer, bobby watts jamie robertson nick maxwell you name it they were there so for me coming back into the hobby after a two-year break other than park flyers that was probably one of my biggest um i was still a club member but i just moved back and i bought my second house which is now three miles from the field which is really convenient nice wow. um and that one really stuck in my head because of all the big names that I had followed all these years on YouTube. Somehow Ray and Kyle had got them to come out. And I didn't know half the people were going to be there until I showed up that night after dinner with my wife and my parents and said, oh, my God, that's, that's Bobby Watts. That's, that's, oh, my God, that's Nick Maxwell. Wow. So, so for me, it was probably, I think that was a, I have actually put a video on YouTube. I think that was the 11th, and search my YouTube channel. I think it was the 11th annual um, jamboree. And for me, that one just st- stuck out. Because we had everybody was there. Wow. Nice, cool. uh, Anthony. How about you? Well, I've only been in the hobby for a year now, so and I only went to two helicopter, you know, um, fun flies, which was of course Rochester and uh, the one in South Jersey. And by far, the Rochester one was the most memorable one for me. My favorite part of it was the uh, the night fly especially when they had the helicopters flying inside the fireworks. Yeah, that was, I saw video clips of that. Wow. That was amazing. I mean, you got these big booms. You would think it'll blow those helicopters out of the sky. And let me tell you, <laughs> it didn't phase them one bit. Wow, I got to check that out. It was amazing. Wait till you see it in person. Now, Anthony, when you said the jersey, is that the Harvest Fest that Ron put on? Yeah, I think that's what that's what it was. Yep. Nice. I wish I could have made that. Yeah, it was it was it was a good one, but um, the fireworks thing blew me away. Yeah, it's just by far. And then of course, you know, the raffle for the good cause, and and um, you know, I try to win that, but obviously I didn't. <laughs> I had to buy your seven hundred instead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one way or another, you got a seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was amazing. It's just. I got to meet great people. Your family was, your mom, your dad was amazing. You know, your wife, your kids. Uh, it was it was a great time. Great, great time. I had a good time. I mean, you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off. But you know what? You still made me feel at home. You know what I mean? 
Well, thank you. Well, this year I was able to kind of calm down. The first year I didn't know what to expect, so I tried to take on every job, and I practically had a nervous breakdown in the parking lot Saturday night. And then uh, last year I learned to kind of delegate better and let my club run certain items. And mm-hmm. last year was probably the smoothest smoothest show and the best time I ever had because it just it just once the ball rolled, it just kept rolling. So last year I was able to definitely sit down and talk and hang out with people more. Awesome. Um, Kevin, how about you? Um, well, I haven't been to any f- heli fun flies, like I said. Yeah. Um, but I can remember the first couple times going to – I went to Neat Fair once or twice and uh, just other events in around in the area and over one here in Jersey where I didn't even fly anything. I just went and I, I had a chair and I sat and watched guys fly and I loved it. I was like – I was flying at the time. I was only flying a few different things like – uh, the Versa wing. Um, but I just didn't had such a good time just hanging out and watching the different models go by. It was really cool. But, uh, I said I, the best one I've, I've been to yet, man, was the one we just went to, um, last year, the flight fest, uh, 2015. Yeah. Cause me, you and Jeff, dude, we didn't stop laughing the whole, whatever it was four days yeah. that we were there. We yeah. were just having a blast, man. We were busting yeah. each other's chops and just we had a couple of drinks at night and we'd just mm-hmm. hang out and shoot the shit, man. And I just had such a good time. It was awesome. Yeah. And it rained like two to two days, I think, mm-hmm. or one and a half days. Yeah. We were there. I mean, so it was just it was a lot of fun. I had a great time, man. Yeah, definitely. I, I guess I would have to say uh Flight Fest was probably my most memorable one and the most fun I had. Yeah, I just I think it's the whole like the road trip, the experience, because you know that's the first one I've ever like rented an RV and you know and just you know a bunch of friends just kind of hit the road and and drive what was it like eight hours away I think yeah seven eight hours yeah and and you know just kind of like go out and like do the whole RV thing and cook and like you know and drink a little bit at night and just hang out and just like meet a whole bunch of people um, you know it it definitely wasn't organized as other fun flights I've been to but. You know, I mean, they did a great job for the amount of people. I, I, what, was, what was the pilot count? Like a thousand, two thousand, or something? Yeah, it was their pilots? I don't even remember, man. Yeah, that's a lot. It was a lot. I mean, it's a massive fun fly. Um, not so much heli friendly. You know, I know I voiced this I think before <laughs> on the flight test uh, episode, but um, yeah, but nonetheless, it was just it was great. I mean. What's his name? Um, I had a good, good time with what's his name too. Uh, uh, foam tag Pete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his, foam uh, tag Pete and his yeah, buddy. And his yeah. buddy. Oh man, those guys. Where was he? He was from up. China, right? Was it? Was he Chinese or? Yeah, he's really Chinese, but I think he lives in Brooklyn. And um. Right, and his buddy was like, uh, Austrian or German or something or Polish. Uh, I think he was Polish. Um, he sounded kind of like, like Czech he, Russian accent. He yeah. barely spoke English. You were like at one time you were. At one point, you were like, uh, "How do you guys even talk to each other?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a pisser, though, man. I yeah. I'd hang out with him again. We had a good time. Definitely, real um, nice guy. Yeah, just you know, and the folks there are, are super nice, and and I I could I could imagine like Chris's, you know, the the jamboree just to be like that, but you know, because I love helis a little bit more than planes, you know, that I could just be like you know just a big smile giggling all the time just like he you know running around <laughs> like a crazy little kid you know <laughs> <laughs> so i can't wait you know i know it's gonna be great and um 
I definitely, I think we definitely need to do this and start planning for it, you know, in a little bit and get that going. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Kevin, I think you wrote this in here. You had some other thing you wanted to Oh, to I watched ask? Chris's uh, video, his uh, tips and tricks video on the 380. And huh? he had he had run down, um, you know, the tools you need and the Loctite and that kind of stuff. And he, he had a thing called dry fluid. I had never heard of that before. So I didn't, I didn't know where you get that. It is amazing. So going back to, you know, belted versus torque tube, Spectrum versus Futaba, another big thing in the helicopter world is lubricant. Do I use dry? Do I do wet? Do I do synthetic grease? And a lot mm-hmm. of guys, you know, use tri-flow in their bearings and then tri-flow in the gears. And Kyle got me mm-hmm. hooked on to it. And the dry fluid is from a company called Dry Fluids. And um, I don't know where they – I don't know if they're over in Italy, but – so the stuff that you shake it up and it goes on wet and it dries dry. And it's kind of like this white, milky liquid when it goes on, but then it leaves this nice little – almost like a synthetic-type um, grease. And uh, for, for the guys who have torque tubes or gear-to-gear mesh, the stuff's awesome. Like I use it on the main pinion that goes with the drive pinion on the goblins mm-hmm. and or, or even the shafts. Like so – I don't use it every time. I try to every for every five, ten times out to the field. I put it on. Um, like I'll drip some on the main shaft and let go down to the swash plate, or I put it on a tail output shaft. It's it's just it just helps everything move freely and not you know rust up or gum up. Nice. So I I, I recall when I went to uh, I think it was Home Depot or Lowe's that they had dry fluid not not the so is there a specific dry fluid for helis and RC hobbyists? Compared to like, I know there was like the dry fluid chain loop. Is that similar? I don't know. I just get the heli specific stuff, mm. um, and they make actually one for your shafts, and they actually make one for the gears. Oh, I okay. I forget which one mine is, but I, it's it's a dry fluid, and I use it for both the shafts and the gears. And a lot of the, a lot of the fluid and, and silicones and all that stuff people used to put on, you spool up the helicopter. By the time you land, it's yeah. all over the servos. It's yeah, all it's over the linkages. Mm-hmm. With a dry fluid, you put it on and give it, you know, half hour, hour in between flying when you're going out to the field, mm-hmm. and you'll land and you'll see it in the gears, but it won't be anywhere else on the helicopter. And that's one of the things I used to use TriFlow, and it got it, it made everything dirty. I mean, not just the splatter, but like the actual fluid itself would get grimy and and look. It felt like to me that it would actually like attract more dirt and dust than actually you know lube up the gears or lube up your shaft or anything yes it, it, well it, it lubes everything up but any any fibers you have coming off the gear the belt fibers it mm-hmm. uh, it attracts to it it's it's nasty stuff right right yeah, steve so, you cracking yourself up yeah no no one caught that huh <laughs> i caught it yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna turn into the RC Heli Nation episode if we keep going any farther. <laughs> oh, man. oh man, hey, I love you know I don't know those guys, but I love their podcast, and yeah. you know if we're if we're even like a little bit like you know to their uh, show, I mean it's a win for me. So um, hey, come come out to the jamboree, we'll be laughing. Trust me, there's a lot of inside jokes that go on. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yep, definitely. <laughs> nice, my favorite section. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have any news, um, but one thing I've I've been noticing, I mean, and I think we kind of briefly kind of went over is the the Oxy Three. I mean, especially the Tariq edition that just came out. Um, you know, I guess the first run has you know hit people's 
you know, workbenches and they've been putting them together. And I've been seeing post after post after post about the uh, tree condition. I've already seen a picture of one uh, put in. I think he had like a, I don't know what happened, but he put it in and, you know, you see his boom all scorpion tailed up and stuff. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that, Helly, huh? Yes. Right now, Lincoln Axia, they're on their Lunar New Year, so they're off for two weeks. But okay. I've, I've got one purchased on back order, and as soon as they're back in the factory, I'm hoping to start building one in a few. I've got all the electronics sitting right here on my bench. If it's anything like the other ones, it's basically, it's the same model that just Tarek put his name on it. So it's got a new design canopy, and mm. any of the little carbon fiber parts are anodized gold. So Yeah, it's and, 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 and they stretched it. So it's a stretch kit, 285. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask what the difference was between that and the other kits. Well, everything, like, it comes with all the updates as yeah, well. all the upgrades, all, all upgrades. everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. So on the tail, it has a, you know how, like, the Oxy3 has a pro uh, tail, uh, I guess? Not the fin, but the other side where, where your, you know, slider and lever go onto. Like, mm-hmm. is that aluminum, too? Yep. Yes. Fiber, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The tail case is aluminum. The the tail pitch slider, which is normally plastic to keep the cost down, mm-hmm. um, that's also aluminum, anodized aluminum, I think. Nice. Yeah. Um, Every yeah. upgrade that they have mm-hmm. is in this kit. That's awesome. Include, including the 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 tail belt uh, bearings that are inside the tail case. That's also aluminum. The canopy. Oh, mount, you're talking about the the tail guide, the belt guides. Yeah, that's inside. On the front it's, part, yeah. It's mm-hmm. in the front part. The canopy mounts are aluminum. Nice. Um, anything that it was that is aluminum is anodized orange or black. So uh, the swatch plate, it's like two-tone, so it's orange and black. Okay. Um, the blade grips are orange and black. Well, you, grips- set, you, can, yeah, you can set up the head three different ways. I had a customer yesterday email me and say, how should, how should I set this up because – they they kind of gave you options of how you want to set up the head. You can do mm-hmm. the you can do the two rigid DFC arms. Okay. You can do the hybrid where one's a DFC arm and one's uh-huh. the link, or yep. you can just do this two standard links. So they're actually giving you three options to set up the head. If you want oh. a lower lower head speed, you you might not want the DFC route. You might go the more traditional route. So, Wait, they, so they, sorry, it comes with the uh, following arms. Uh, I don't know if it's the following arms or the just the pitch arms. Like I know my cube. It mm-hmm. came with a three DFC arms, or you can run two DFC arms in a standard um, link. That's called a sure. hybrid head. Yeah. yeah, that's the hybrid. But you know, when you go all you know standard links, that you know for the swash and the head to not you know torque or twist, there's usually the following arms on the head block. Right for the phasing. I'm not sure if it has those, but I mm. I believe so. I mean, that's gonna be, that's gonna be your third option. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it does come with the following arms. Wow. So how many companies do you know give you two or three different head options for your flying style? Yeah, not, not actually none that I know of, at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't know um, of any. Yeah. One of the, the I mean, and, and no one went over this, uh, but one of the best things on that thing, and call me vain, but I love those orange washers, those bun washers that you use for the frame. I, you know what's funny? Luca brought those back. They're they're actually from the Lynx days because if you look at any one of my old helicopters back in the day mm-hmm. when I flew for Lynx, my first upgrade I bought was I still have a case of them in my garage. He came, they came in green, blue, yellow, red, yes, and black, and in silver. And then 
when I was flying the Oxys, because the, or not Oxys, the um, the Chaos line, they're all orange helicopters. Sure. So I asked Lincoln to put that skew in, and that's when he started doing the orange. So he kind of brought that back from the old Lynx days, and yeah. it, it, it makes the whole helicopter look so much cooler. Yes, it's just so like that, like steampunk, more like you know, just more tech. It just, I don't know, it just looks so much cooler. I love it. Yeah. Carbon fiber skids, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know how I feel about carbon fiber skids, though. I mean. I mean, the goblins, I like them, I guess. I enjoy it, but I feel like for the helis that I beat on, where, like, you know, even with the Oxy-3, I'll take it as I'm coming in, you know, maybe about six, seven feet and just hit throttle hold, you know, come down. Sometimes I bleed off too much head speed and, you know, it kind of smacks on the floor, and I kind of like the white plastic ones. Yeah, the carbon fiber definitely stronger, but the plastic, they're going to give you more more play on a mm-hmm. hard skid bump for sure. You're very particular about your skids, Steve. Hey, you know. You don't like the 380 stock. You don't like no. the carbon fiber. Yes. You really have a skid issue. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's funny. See, he almost contradicts himself, though. Because on the 380, he runs the carbon fiber. Yeah. yeah. Because you have no choice. Or I run what? Basically, the flappers. The flappers. Or, or you tip yeah. it over. Yeah. I run the flappers, and I, I potentially, if I auto wrong or bring in a little too hot, I break my side frame or the bottom plate i mean i have no choice to and I, I, that's true you know so um what i do want to do is on my goblin 700 i have it's a competition and it has like the full carbon fiber skids i want to go I, I i've been seeing them pictures around where like they have the 570 style where it's like the plastic and then just the bottom is carbon fiber yeah that's like that was a competition upgrade when they did the competition line those are those are nice they're they're breakaway that's the whole point behind those okay yeah, because I have a competition and it doesn't have those. It came with like the traditional full length, you know, skid with a little bit of extra carbon fiber you put on there and you bolt it in and CA it. Hmm. It gives it a different stance too, with the car or the competition skids. Ah, nice. I gotta get me a set of those too. Do you like the F3C skids that the Kyle Stacy um, edition has on the seven hundred? I mean, functionality, I like them better. But look, I do like the carbon fiber type or the 570 type skids where you have the plastic intermediate or the mount. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, does anyone else have any news? Or can we just kind of move past this? I no. have, I have oh, one oh. small little news. Um, oh, yeah? And it was something that actually, and it's not, I, I guess it's like a tip. Okay. Um, that I kind of stumbled upon on Saturday. And um, Kevin can attest to this. And I even brought it up to Chris's attention. Um, I took, I spooled up my 380 for the first time in, a, I would say, almost a month. The weirdest thing happened. I went, I spooled it up, went up, and immediately went to go do a flip. And it stopped at, like, a quarter of a flip. And I almost had no control of the helicopter. Any maneuver that I was trying to do, it was countering the maneuver. So if I was trying to bring it back towards me to land it, it was countering it and taking it forward or, or leveling it off. So I had to hit throttle hold and uh, land it in the snow and whatnot. So um, then uh, I came home and I, I couldn't figure out what it was, what was wrong with it. Me and Chris even did some FaceTiming together. He was showing me his. His was locked on and so forth. Then uh, So I, I decided to redo the fly barless system complete all over again and it was fine afterwards but the moment i decided to turn up the rates to about 120 
and uh, that's when it started happening again. Then I go down one click to 119, and it was perfectly fine. So finally, I decided to connect it to the the, the V control manager, and um, I realized there was another update there, so, and it was an update that I missed. And once I updated, it was fine. So for you, Steve, who are mm-hmm. going to try the V control and the and the Neo, make sure that you update right away. That's the first thing you should be doing. And for anybody else out there, I mean, I'm, I kind of missed it because they released an update, and then like two days later, they released an, like a, a yeah. patch update. So I must have missed it on that particular heli, mm-hmm. and um, it was almost catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. That was the heli that uh, you had crashed with Steve, and you, yep. you, had, you had done the uh, the different canopy and tail boom and all that on it. So yeah, Correct. it has had been a while since you've flown it. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. strange. Yeah, he was hovering. He was up about five, six feet off the ground, and he was like, "Look, I'm doing nothing. I'm not doing anything to this." And it's, it just was sitting there. He'd move it. It would come back, and then we noticed when we got it back on the ground and in, in throttle hold, we were moving the heli and. The swashblade will move to counter and then slowly go back, like slowly go back. Yeah, that's what I was telling Steve about on the phone today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I, I experienced the same problem after I was talking to Anthony yesterday. I said, oh, let me try this to my helicopters and you know turn up the rates past 120. And what's funny is the Axie was fine, but that's a fairly new helicopter. I just built it, you know, a month ago, and it's a new Neo that I got from the factory. So when I, um, when I uh, registered it, it had a new software. Well, when I went to do the 380 yesterday. Same thing. I go to roll. I had about 20-degree bank angle. Wouldn't let me roll over. When I got home, I realized, oh, I've had a 380 for a few months. That was an older version of a Neo. So it goes to show um, why we register these you know, flybarless units. And what's funny is we all got the emails from Mikado, and you said, oh, we got to do an update for this and that, and you forget to do it. So if, if you have mm-hmm. – that's why you even register your, your Oxy. If there's any changes in your model or your radio system – do the updates and Spectrum, they've been on top of it for years. You know, I had mm-hmm. problems with the voice readout on my DX9 and they were putting patches in left and right. So anytime you get an email from any one of your ABC manufacturers, update the software because not only Anthony, I did the same problem and it could have put me in the ground. I went home, plugged it in. It took, what, one, two minutes for it to go through and re-initialize re, uh, itself and, and update the firmware. And now it's now it's perfectly fine. Cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know uh, Kevin tried to get it on tape, but I was like at the field when uh, <laughs> when Anthony was having all these issues, you know, I was like, oh, man, I just like, you know, pulled the trigger on this V control. And now all these problems are coming on. <laughs> like I, I'm seeing all these problems I'm like damn, Maybe I should just kept my icons and my DS died. It, it was weird because it, it felt like it felt like an icon we hit self level. Yeah. It felt identical to that. It didn't give you more than ten to thirty percent of uh, bank angle. So I'm like, what the hell? How's I'm not in rescue mode. Why is this thing fighting me? Yeah. And it was just a software glitch. And not even that, like it felt like to me when I was when we were kinda like bench testing it, like, you know, tilting the heli, okay, give full elevator, let's see what it does. And then as soon as you let go of the elevator, it would just snap back. It was it to me it was like a multi rotor with self leveling on. Right, right. right. So just you move like. it and boom, right back. Move it, boom, right back. So, and then it did, you know, limit the angle of, um, you know, of tilt and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that that would be scary. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up um, about your fun fly, Chris. 
Are you going to be requiring FAA? Uh, we haven't talked about that in the club yet, so I don't know what route we're going to go. Um, just like you guys, the deadline's coming. Mm-hmm. I have not done anything yet. I'm hoping the AMA steps up. Um, I know the AMA released something today. I shared on my Facebook page. So I'm hoping the AMA comes through with us for us. Um, I don't know if our club's going to require that yet. Once I know more, um, it's something I'll definitely – because I do – usually I use RC Flight Deck for people to register. I do a, a post on my Heli page mm-hmm. as well as uh, Run Rider and Heli Freak. So if it comes to that, I'll definitely let people know ahead of time. Right. I think, I think today the AMA said that the only news I saw today was uh, that they lifted the ban around Washington. Yeah, that's, oh, what, really? it, that's nice. what it was. Yeah, that's what I saw. And I know the um, RCHN boys were also talking about um, that I think they got approved to that we don't have to put the FAA number on and that AMA number is suffice enough, but we do have to register. I don't know. I mean, I didn't get. I didn't check my emails or anything, so I don't know if that's true or not. But I hope so. <laughs> I know that within the last week there was another email, and I don't know exactly what that said, but that was something else from the AMA. Like we're working hard for you or something like that. Yeah. I'm, the way I'm basing it is whatever Kyle Stacy does, I'll do. Okay. <laughs> so I'm holding off to the end. I mean, I'm. I'm. Yes, I'm in the media and stuff, mm-hmm. but he's a pro pilot who gets paid to do this so whatever he's going to do i'll follow suit to him because he's kind of required sure. so i'm hoping it i'm hoping there's a light at the end of the tunnel for us because after 20 years in the hobby if there's any blow to the face that i've ever taken it's 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 this, yeah. it's this and it, it sucks yeah so on that I've, sucky note well i have one last question to bring this around on the good side i know okay i know okay. we've talked helicopters this whole darn show and hopefully mm-hmm. our our listeners enjoy it but um, Kevin, I've been kind of, you know, watching you guys on Instagram and Facebook. I've been talking over the past weeks, and I know you guys are doing all the FT stuff. And for me, when I built my Bloody Wonder, I just got some markers from the dollar store, and I colored mine with markers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your guys' Vigan and the P51 um, and the Bushwhacker. These things look like Monaco, like the blues and the reds. And what, How are you guys making these things look like they're balsa-built models with uh-huh. these colors? I'll leave that for Kevin. He's the pro at this. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. Thanks, man. Well, I started off what, like uh, two years ago. I, I was doing the going the minwax and paint route, where I would minwax the the foam with, uh, or it's actually the paper on the foam. You're you're minwaxing with oil based minwax, so it sounds kind of weird to put that on paper and foam, but the the oil base doesn't ruin the the paper at all. Uh, but I really didn't like the way that was coming out. Uh, I had a few models that I scratched because it came out like crap. Because the bushwhacker, the the blue and white and black bushwhacker, is that yours, Kevin? The the blue and white one, yeah. Mm-hmm. That looks like a balsa built kit I would have done twenty years ago, and I would have thought that was half a day of Monaco to make it look that nice. Yeah, that's actually tape from Tape Brothers. It's it's colored packing tape, and I must have bought just a six pack. It's like six different colors. White, blue, black, you know, yellow, orange, red. And I've been doing just different variations on that. And I've just been layering it, like taking the sheet of foam before I even start cutting anything out. And I just, I'll just like go right down it, like siding, you know, layer it on there. I love it, man. For someone who's been in the hobby for almost three decades and I've flown just about everything, taking $4 worth of foam and you guys making it look like they're kit bought full up balsa, it's, it's amazing. I give you guys credit. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's it's all tribute to uh to flight test, man. They really I mean, I know there was a lot of stuff out there before they came along and guys were doing some stuff, but they really 
were the ones that kind of made it available to beginners and just started you off right in the, at the right path and did all the videos and how to build stuff and yeah. did the free plans and all that. Yep. Yeah, they made it kind of easy, you know. They kind of made it like, here's all the resources you need to do this. You know, just follow along and, and, you know, you don't have to spend any money with us. We don't, you know, they're not about that. You know, you could, so like, for me, I barely buy any planes. Like the plans, I mean, not the plans, but the actual planes from Flight Test. I just scratch build all of them for the most part. I think I bought two kits out of the 20 planes I've built and crashed and, you know, rebuilt. So Right, and like, um, before they were even coming out with their own kits, they mm-hmm. were just going on RC groups and they were building some RC group uh, type planes yeah, and community and, plans. Yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of just took it that one extra step where, you know, now it's so easy for people to put it all together. Yeah, That's definitely. awesome. But yeah, do I love doing the layer tape and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff. I gotta, I gotta actually put an order together because some of the larger stuff I've, I'm in waxed and painted. Um, but I'm getting ready to build like a, 80 inch Corsair, um, or actually, it's probably going to be eight feet. Um, yeah, span, and that's going to be all. I'm going to tape that. Nice. So, so, so you guys do the flight tests and the Ceph and enough and all that. There's a guy in our club that's a big flight test guy. He goes mm-hmm. to all the shows. He actually prints out his own laser jets the models, and then he actually prints out a film. Like uh, his bloody wonder, he print out like this Japanese um, tissue paper film. Oh wow! Um, his name's Steve Rosma. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's our uh, he's our newsletter guy, and he's he's big. He he tried to get a lot of us to go out to flight test this year, and he's mm-hmm. he he does all the gorgeous stuff, and it's all the Dollar Tree foam. Yeah, I know nice. a couple guys that do that'll do that. They take the tissue paper and they actually like make it so they can run it through a printer and they'll print onto it, and then they yeah. have some other way that they actually get it on the model. It's been interesting to me. I have never tried it yet, though. Yeah. It's it's cool. So you'll probably cross paths with him at some point. He's big into the flight test stuff at our club. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kevin's a really he, – he tapes – I don't know how he, he tapes his stuff so well. I try taping, and it, it always ends up peeling, and, you know, corners come up and stuff. Um, you know, I, I kind of do duct tape at certain just, – just for, like, orientation and just for visibility. Um, but more recently, i just kind of been using black and white foam. Like my bushwhacker, I really like that it's, you know, yeah. white fuselage with the black wing and the black tail section, and and there's no tape on it. That's just black and white foam, and I don't know. I kind of like that, and I think um, with the V control I'm getting from you, Chris, uh, you know, I've already reached out to Ninja Wraps, and you know, I'm getting white vinyl for it. I'm getting a white, you know, like I'm gonna yeah. do a black and white color. Like I just love that, and I'm of course I gotta put my name on it, put Free Forest Podcast on it, and I want a little radio looking thing on the antenna portion to kind of like simulate the radio signals of a podcast, or I guess it's internet. Hmm, maybe I should have a Cat Five cable up there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah. And there is a two to three week wait, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a DIY kind of person, so it's like, ooh, t- three weeks. I gotta wait three weeks just for them to like mock up a design for me. I might just start getting some vinyl, <laughs> do my own thing. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, well, I can't. I can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing for the hobby. Because again, my bloody wonder. It was made for combat. Mm-hmm. It was. I've designed hundreds of planes in the past. That was my first kit that I actually built. I went as far as flipping the leading edge the wrong way, so I had a square leading edge. So I had to make myself a shipping tape lead, leading edge. It was okay. ugly. It flew combat. So. So for what you guys are doing with foam and with a podcast you guys started, hats off to you guys. 
Well, thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. For sure, thank you. man. Well, if, the, if these headphones work and everybody can hear me, I'd love to come on in the future with you guys. Yeah, you let us know when you can make it. You're more than welcome to join us anytime. Cool. All right, Kevin. Uh, I think it's uh, – let's uh, go through our wrap-up then. Okay. Um, I didn't really have too many uh, – actually, I didn't see anything new on Podbean as far as listeners in, in new states or new countries. Again, uh, I don't know what's going on with Podbean. Um, but I know we're getting uh, more listens. We're up to a considerable number per episode um, downloads. So, I mean, that's been great. But I just saw something that really made me uh, stand up and take notice was our club uh, sent out an email last week when we had the big snowstorm that uh, was basically, please let me know if you need any assistance with storm-related issues from the mic, the president, and and all the, you know, he, he says from myself and the other TCRC members will volunteer assistance, um, which just blew me away. You know, like they know that, you know, hey, we're not a bunch of young guys. We're not a bunch of old guys, but, you know, maybe there is a guy that needs help with the uh, snow removal. And that just that just really stuck out in my mind that like how great this club is, man. Yeah, because it's not just about flying planes or helis together. It's, you know, it's it's this community that we're building. Right. I mean. Yeah, and that's a tribute to uh, to Mike, our president, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just a great guy all the way around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he actually, um, call, uh, you know, wanted me to call him. Uh, I think this was, I want to, I want to say it was last Friday or maybe Monday, and you know, he was like, you know, we we do this kids indoor fly thing, and um, you know, one of our members, this, you know, he does it all by himself, and he's like, you know. If you have the opportunity, you know, or if you want to, you can, you know, we would love it for you to um, help build with the, you know, and show and teach the kids how to build foam, you know, Dollar Tree stuff or whatever foam material that they use. You know, I mean, my comp, my schedule kind of conflicts with it just because it starts at 730 and I don't normally get home to 730 and then it'd be an hour drive down south for me. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm really considering that, like, you know, maybe not on a every build night. But, you know, maybe like every other one, I could kind of leave work early and talk to my job and see if they're okay with it and, you know, and, and try to help out. Because, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, it's just great, you know, being able to help out and start a new generation of RC enthusiasts, right? Or not even just RC, but just you know, in in flight, right? Yeah, man. Now, see, he must have called you right after he called me because he called I guess he didn't know how to get in touch with you. And he called me and he was like, you know, we got this thing going on with the kids. Uh-huh. and oh, okay. Uh, can it? Can, do you know how to get a hold of Steve? And I said, "Well, I could probably help out." And he said, "No, we don't want you because you scare kids." Have Steve. <laughs> Did he say so, that? No. No. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, but that's awesome, dude. If you can do that, that's really cool. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna definitely make an effort to see. Oh, you if can I bring could... Chloe too down there. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it's like Thursday nights, you know, at seven thirty in um, uh, Metuchen. So it's a little bit away from me. Yeah, we'll see. Um, wow. I'm just looking up at our pod, Podbean, our hosting site. U.S., man, we have over 1,495 downloads. Wow, man. Yeah, 82% is all from the U.S., and it's it's a lot. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was like 300 an episode, which was pretty awesome. That's awesome. So I wanted to mention some Instagram um, comments I've, I've seen. Um, sorry if I missed anybody, but... Red Rob RC said, love the podcast, guys. I subbed and listened back to the old episodes. Great stuff. Keep it up. 
Mr. Chris Ryber said, listen to it today while I made dinner. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> and then he also he also said, uh, so sad in reference to the uh, Blade 360 and Goblin midair collision. He was, I guess he was looking at some of the pictures of that. Wow. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. You got it. All right. So we also have some Facebook comments. Let's see what we have here. Yeah, I wrote Chris Bream. Chris Reams his name only because I know that he's posted a few things on Facebook and I don't know if we've ever mentioned anything about him. So Chris is a good guy. He he's one of our local members. Oh, is he? Okay. Oh yeah. He helps he helps out at both of our shows. He brings his daughter out to the field with him. He's a really good guy. Awesome. Yeah. I know he's been on Facebook and and, uh and you know, liking stuff all over and so I just wanted to say thanks to him. Yeah, and he's been posting, you know, quite a bit of stuff on our uh on our page too, which is great. You know, I love that uh Love that activity there. It's Chris, yeah, it's, Chris, Chris, it's Chris and Anthony who brought me over to the podcast because Chris tagged my name in talking about the fun fly, and Anthony's like, dude, you got to listen to these guys' podcasts I fly with. So thank Chris and Anthony. They're, they're the ones that made this happen for, for me nice. to uh, get, get wind of this. Oh, nice. Awesome, man. Thanks, Anthony. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Anthony and Chris. Well, no. Oh, yeah, here's another one. So we have uh, Joel Cannon. Uh He's a FT community cast, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it's a picture of me doing. Uh, I think you took these pictures, right, Kevin, and posted it there of my 380 inverted. Yeah. Yeah, and he po- he writes, "It's doing things I don't understand." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, we also got Fred Provost, our friend. He says, "I love to hear an episode on workspaces. You guys did a great job talking about building and simming." Uh, let's see. What about where you work and what tools you use? Great idea. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. I think we're definitely gonna have some episodes coming up. Um, you know, I kind of have a couple episodes slated for like, kind of talking more about fun flies and RC events, like the the Ram Show and the Adams RC uh, swap meet we went to. We'll kind of go deeper into that stuff. So, but I think we can definitely add this. Onto there, and you know, we'd love to get Fred back on the show too. I know, uh, I think someone else posted that, um, it was on, it was on the, the flight test forum, you know, saying that we, we need to get Fred back on the show too. So, you know, we'll definitely make that happen. Yeah, I know he's just built a new work area, so that yeah. might be a good, good episode to have him on. Definitely cool. Uh, what is this here? I think you wrote this. I wrote stickers are coming soon. We have little two and three quarters by two and three quarter stickers we, we ordered with the. The podcast like logo on it, and nice. Anthony is getting none of them. <laughs> he said he does not do stickers. He says he does vinyl. I said they're vinyl stickers. He didn't like that. He's like, nah. <laughs> I don't I know just, about you, but I, I want just, those stickers. <laughs> I was just busting your legs. <laughs> I want those stickers so I could put it on my charging case, and you know, I got a couple of uh, boxes and stuff. I haven't put them on, you know, or some planes too, you know, like I have on that. The mock-up sticker that I put on my uh, bushwhacker. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's probably gonna look just like that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That'll be cool. Yeah, we got we got other things coming. I'm uh, you know, I do a lot of DIY stuff, and uh, I'm gonna take my shot at uh, screen printing some T-shirts for us too. So it's gonna have our logo and three different like I'll layer up three different colors for the logo, and I gotta I'm currently in the process of building the screens right now, and I just gotta order the actual screen material, and then while Using motion to get the uh, the stuff on there, and then and then burn those screens in, so we could uh, maybe have some shirts, you know, to give away. Yeah, to give away for us to wear too, you know. 
be nice when we go to a fun fly to kind of represent the podcast. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, hands off some stickers. You know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. To anybody but Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, I owe Anthony at least one shirt, if not more. Um, he 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 ordered a bunch of stuff from uh from his one of his friends and uh who owns a shop and he got a, a goblin T-shirt and uh and a lynx T-shirt. And you know it didn't fit him so, but he threw it my way. And you know I love those shirts, especially the goblin one. You know. Oh, dude! And, and he hooked us up with the uh, canopies for the oxy. Look for those pictures coming oh, out. Yeah, soon. yeah. I can't wait to pick those up. That's gonna be coming soon too. But yeah, the man yeah, with so, the connections. You know, we'll definitely. You know, you you got a shirt coming definitely your way, Anthony. And you know, if you want one, Chris too. I'll I can make one for you too. So. Heck yeah! Just let me know your size, and we'll, I'll get it done. <clears throat> cool. All right. Um. This section might take a little bit. I'm going to kind of, you know, go through this pretty quick. But we'll, I want to give out uh, shout-outs to our Facebook lights. I know we've kind of been doing this uh, every episode. And, at you know, Chris, he honored us. He uh, gave us a big shout-out on his pages, uh, which basically translated into, I think, about 20, 30 new likes this week. And I think, when did you post that? It was, in, it was only a couple of days ago, too, right? Yeah, two days ago, I think. Two days ago. So within two days, we got about you know 30 or so more Facebook likes. So that's freaking awesome. I just changed it to 91. Uh, two of my other buddies just liked the page. So I just added the names to the list. Awesome. Nice. All right. So <laughs> I'm guessing Nicole Rybert is your wife? Yes, very supportive wife. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Um, I'm going to go down the list pretty quick here. Tony Nicola, Frank Perone. Matt Plowman, Robert Blot, Avi Avi Videl. Yeah, I think that's how you say. It. Sorry if I killed your last name. Uh, Stephen Sharples, Ray Mori Jr., Tommy. Oh, I'm gonna mess this up. It's a pretty long last name. Tommy Lee Drifter Furnace. Uh, Gina Tucker. Gina Tucker. That name sounds really familiar. I think I subscribed to her YouTube channel. Yeah, Gina's awesome. She's yeah. uh, she's a Florida Florida native. Um, she flew for TSA for a while. Now she's flying. Um, she just joined Team Gowie a few months ago. Yes. Um, she's a she's a member down. She flies at the Torches Field. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a full time air airplane mechanic welder. She's she's a cool chick. I met her a few nice. years ago, and uh, anything RC related, she follows. She's she's a great person. Awesome. Wow, awesome. That's great to get that. Um, we got James Van Hook, Aaron Blake. Clint Atkins, Paul Volko, Larry Kagan, Nick Johnson, Craig Miles, or I'm sorry, Craig Mills, uh, Brian Weller, Seth Pompa, 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 Pompa. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I think people get a kick out of this. It. Just me, you know, killing these butchering names. names yeah, <laughs> butchering names. Yeah, uh, Christian Rodriguez, uh, RA Corps guy. Um, I don't know his real name, but I have one of your plans I got at the ramp show, and it was one of my favorite little park flyer foamies uh, for the longest time. So thank yeah, you. We tried to get a discount. And oh yes, it, we tried to get a discount. It was no, no, he remember. was he didn't budge. I remember <laughs> he, didn't he didn't budge. No, not at all. We're like, but we're buying two, so can't you just knock a little bit off the top? No. So, but it's all good. I enjoy your plan. Um, I think I enjoyed. Enjoyed it a lot more than Kevin did, though. Well, it was like I had issues. I think it had gremlins, but that was nothing with the play. It was all electronics. Oh, okay. Just an improper setup, probably. Yes. Um, let's see. <laughs> and we have uh, Mike Shippers and Tom Welch. So, yeah. 
that's uh we got about 91 now wow nice. guys thanks gonna, so much yes thank you so much for listening thanks everyone for the likes and all the support uh we're gonna definitely be hitting 100 soon hmm. to give you guys an idea of how cool his hobby is larry kagan who subscribed today mm-hmm. that's uh that's dude man larry oh, oh is it really dude man larry yeah nice Nice. Yeah, I met, Talked about a website. Hmm? I, I met him. He's awesome, dude. He found, he actually found me. Um, it was uh, OHB 2013. It was my first time going to Orlando, and we both had our RC Helly Nation Citizen shirts on. He came over. He goes, "Hey, you're a listener," and he goes, "Hey, you're Chris Ryber," and uh, we hit it off. So yeah, that's Dude Man Larry. Oh, that's great. Nice. That's awesome. Well, thanks. <laughs> All right, so uh, drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on our next episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do want to thank all the guys at Flight Test Forums for giving us some activity on there and the space. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at freefallrc at gmail.com, Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. On the Flight Test Forums, we're on the section off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcasts, and then you'll see us there, free for RC podcast. If people want to get in touch with you, Chris, uh, how would they do? A couple of easy routes. My email is very simple 3D and scale RC helicopters at gmail.com. Um, my helicopter webpage I started is 3D and scale RC helicopters.com. The Heli Facebook page, just start typing in the search bar 3D and scale RC helicopters and it should pop up. Um, YouTube t- channel, just search Chris Ryber and you'll find my channel. Um, Instagram, same thing, search Chris Ryber. My Instagram channel will come up. And the easiest thing is if you just go to my webpage, I have a contact us page, and every link to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it's all through my webpage. And I also have a little spot where um, you put in your message and your email, and it comes straight to my iPhone. So my wife hates it. I wake up at you know 2, 3 in the morning to pee, and if I have messages on my phone <laughs> from other countries, I she, she, turn off your phone, turn off the light. I'm, I'm really bad at answering emails when they come in. I can't let an email sit more than 15, 20 minutes. I've got to respond back and help people. So I'm here wow. for you guys. Awesome. I'm, I'm an ambassador of the hobby, and I love helping out wherever I can. If I don't have the answer – I'll Google it, or I'll send it to someone who has the answer. Wow, Chris. That's awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, man. You know, you that's great. I'm going to have a lot of stupid questions for you. <laughs> no question is a stupid question. Nice, nice. All right, uh, Anthony, how about you? If people want to get in touch with you? Simple. Uh, my email address is anthonygarcia77 at msn.com, or you can find me on Facebook and under Anthony Garcia. All right. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Episode 9, Heli Rules. Heli's Rule. See you next time. Thanks for listening. See you. Thanks, guys. Peace. <laughs> we right. did it. We did it. There we go.